0: It's coming down from the gallows, and I don't have very long. Yeah! You're taking something, you're losing out, they've finally found me. You renegade, you had it made, they'd treat more about
1: me. Nevermore, you go astray, this will be the end today of the one. I waited. Hello, welcome to episode 181 of the UK Steelers podcast. You joined... As always, by me, Sam with Stanley, and we got a diverse range of wonderful hosts for you today. We got Dave Hart, we got Ketz, and we got Mike Farrell. How are you doing, guys?
2: Yeah, I'm, I'm doing good. My, my wife bought me a, a, pair of, a pair of trousers that actually fit me for Valentine's Day, so I'm feeling Man, on top of the world right now. Trousers for Valentine's Day? Well, I've I've gained four inches on my waist Oof. Um, since probably since Christmas. Um and shifting it is proving a challenge. I bought myself a bike, etc. But that's a whole other story. But um i have no trousers actually fitting me without like really causing real pinching and squeeze around the waist. So yeah. I can actually stay in comfort now.
1: It's great. I hate that Now hang on, Dave. I saw you very recently and I've gotta be honest, Dave, I did not notice that there was four extra inches padded onto you. Well, I I suck it in when I'm in
2: public and push it into my uh, into my chest. No, I'd, I I think I just dress uh, to to hide things. And jerseys are pretty good, uh cover up things pretty well, I think so.
1: In fact you yeah. you were the subject of some I don't know, is thirst a good word, Mike, would you say? Um <laughs> there, there was uh,
3: significant uh, facial hair envy. Yeah, I think, I think it's fair to say. I,
1: the... I sent I sent pictures to a few sort of different groups, and every single one, without fail, my own girlfriend, multiple different group chats, all returned "Who's the guy with the luscious beard?" or something to that effect. Mm. So,
2: well, I've, I've been considering starting OnlyFans. Maybe that should be uh, on to think... the
1: Patreon or something. Yeah, I, don't know. I, do, I honestly think that might be our best best revenue source. To be honest, uh, our friend Gal would definitely subscribe
4: to that because he oh, referred 100%. to you as a nine. He no did. one has
2: ever, even my own wife, hasn't referred to me as a nine. And she married me, so it's a big well, compliment. It's
1: n- nice for you, because he refers to me as the fat conductor.
3: <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. He refers to me as Jerry Adams. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, we never, we could never accuse Gal of being, uh, you know, politically correct. But uh, yeah, he'll be glad. He'll be glad. His vainness will be going off that he's been mentioned so early in the show. Now, uh, before we get to it, um, as is often the case in the NFL, the spotlight is once, once again uh, pointed squarely on this podcast this week. Um, a large swath, I would say, perhaps maybe all of the eyes of the NFL cognoscenti turn towards us, and perhaps it's no surprise as in times of trouble, those in need often turn to the most prestigious experts in their field. And So with that, uh, I look at you, Dave, to tell us what was the problem with the patented Tahoma 31 grass in Super Bowl 57.
2: Oh. <laughs> It's, uh, there's, there's no, like, one thing. It, you can't pin it down on one thing. I mean... Was it the Sodmeister? The Sodmeister, which, that's, <laughs> he needs to pick a new nickname, because <laughs> the first time I heard it, I thought it was Sodomizer, and that's, that's something else entirely. I think it's
1: Sodfather, actually. <laughs> Sodfather?
2: Sodmeister, yeah, that's For anyone sad. that
1: doesn't know, the Sodfather is the, what, the 94-year-old man who's done every Super Bowl field or something?
2: It's something like that, Yeah. But no, it's um, it, it's it's a whole host of things that could have contributed to it. I mean, do we want to get into turf corner? Uh, we... we can get into yes.
1: turf corner right off the yes, top. We do. People have been hankering.
2: I don't know how much hankering. I don't think people are going to be fast forward in this bit. I think, but um, <laughs> but no, it, it's a whole. It's different reasons of why it's people because it, the big big concern was the amount of slipping going on. Right, everyone was slipping and sliding all over the shop, and um. I don't know if you got, I think, did people share it? Did you share it on Twitter, this article that came out about how uh, ryegrass was a, a contributing factor um, to it? And it's, as far as, I mean, my, I've never worked on a, a sports stadium. My, most of my career was spent in working golf. So take, you know, take what I say with a pinch of salt, but you know, it, it's, it's not going to be just a, a grass type, forms maybe 10 percent of the entire surface that's going to cause that amount of slipping going on i mean it's it's a very high-tech field they've got i don't know if you've seen the whole thing can roll out Mm. um into the sun because it's it's you know covered so they can actually roll the whole field out into the sun to get get sunlight whether it's to water it do whatever they need to do to it and then roll it back into the stadium it's fantastic technology which doesn't really exist in many places i think there might be one or two other stadiums in the world that have got that sort of technology, but um, but no, it, it's it, you're picking a you're picking a grass type based on what you want from that field. So different grass types will give you different um, different qualities. So on if you, so, so as I say, my work was done in golf, you want a surface that's nice and flat and smooth and true. So you're going to be picking um, uh, grass types that are, that will tolerate very low mowing and have a good root system. But there's 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 plus you know positives and negatives to those grass types. Whereas they're in sports stadiums like this, where they're having NFL played on it, they're having probably other sporting events played on it. Yeah, they, you know, they've got to pay the bills, so they're probably having music events in there, you know, concerts, etc. And it's going to take an absolute pounding. But luckily, they're in a situation where they can roll it out and not have to have people treading all over it. So the big thing that they're concerned about is heat, because it's as I say in a in an enclosed space, and it's in a hot part of the country, so it needs to be heat tolerant. Bermuda grass will tolerate a lot of heat. Ryegrass will also, to some extent, and it just it holds the surface together really well. So why were people slipping so much? The only really reason I can think, is, and I think this ryegrass argument is bullshit, in my own opinion. Which I mean, they were saying it's a, it's a contributing fact, which is a small amount, but I think it had little to no effect on why people are slipping the only thing I could think of is maybe um over watering slightly maybe it's humid in there uh, with the amount of people um and it's made like a, a, a given sort of a greasy effect to the to the surface of the of the, of the leaf and caused more slipping maybe they've over watered and it's gone humid maybe the paint's still a bit wet on the sidelines mm that's the only the things I can think of
1: You've heard it here first, Dave, not not signing up to the NFL think tank. Be careful, Dave. Look out y- behind you.
2: As I say, I didn't work on it. I've never worked on a sports stadium. So take what I say with a pinch of salt. But <laughs> I can't see why a grass type that forms such a low percentage of the entire surface would cause people to sleep so much.
1: Well, we, we, uh, we welcome your insight as always, Dave. Mm-hmm. What percentage of the, uh, do you think, like, I I often think this, you know, if we get new listeners um, to a particular show, maybe coming straight off the Super Bowl, you know, um, what percentage do you think turned off during that segment?
2: (laughs) I think maybe we should put like a little (laughs) thing before it saying, if you want to (laughs) fast forward all this, just skip ahead about five minutes, whatever it was.
4: Do you know what? If they don't want to listen to Dave talk about grass, I don't want him on this podcast. I You're don't want him listening. Standpoint. Well done, Kits. Well
3: said. <laughs> Maybe do a tagline of five minutes talking grass and we'll get a wholly different demographic <laughs> of business. I'm not
1: um, what do, we, do we want that.
2: those listeners? I don't
1: know. <laughs> it's going to be that kind of show when uh, when Daddy's away. Uh, <laughs> where is, where is, Gav, you might ask? Uh, somewhere in the French Alps, I think. Is that, is that right? Okay. Yeah, he's gone skiing, but
4: without any sunglasses. <laughs> Amazing mm. move, Gavin. Well, I think well he's
1: gone. I think he's gone snowboarding because he's cool, right?
4: Yeah. Oh, he's mm. going to be sat in his ass most of the week then, without some glasses on.
1: Good <laughs> luck. Well, we're sending our we're sending our love to uh, Gavin, who who chose his family and skiing over our, our meetup in Manchester. So, um, no sh- no shade thrown there. But right before we get to we're going to get to tight ends today. You know, it's kind of felt like a kind of a short week because especially us four were. Uh, up in Manchester over the weekend, so we wanted to hit a, a smaller position group, one that Gav didn't mind missing as well, so we're going to hit the top tight ends uh, in just a minute. Uh, get to housekeeping, for the show on uh, Patreon, patreon.com forward slash UK Steelers podcast. Don't forget Gav's uploading some uh, sort of cut-ups of our discussions of some players to the YouTube channel, so check those out as well. And uh, shout out to our show producers this month, Rob Ferguson. Mark Hansen, Glenn Jones, Matt Audley, Joel Spencer, Steve Williams, and uh, joining the crew, Jason, Facebook, Zah, Bowdler. Welcome. Welcome, Jason. Now, Dave, please give us the horns.
2: Mm -hmm. (laughs) Do do we need to make another tier um, where you get, like, pictures, beard pictures or something? I don't know.
1: Ooh. uh, Yeah, I might put that out to the Patreon and see what you think. I'm sure sure we'll get a lot of sign-ups there. Bring the cash in. (laughs) All right, let's talk about, uh, well, let's talk about Super Bowl a little bit. Um, Like I said, we we all met up in uh, Beerkeller in Manchester. There was a a nice little group of us, nine or so, I think, right? Just us both in terms of from the podcast. Uh, Massive sort of area that we watched it in. I don't know if anyone's been to to Beerkeller in Manchester, but there was like three different rooms that were all jammed with the NFL fans. But it felt like we were the only group that was like one team right it felt like very disparate outside of that
2: yeah I, th- I think a lot of like sort of friend groups all sort of pick a team each and they sort yeah. of all battle it out which is probably a good way of doing it. it adds a little bit of rivalry between a friend group but um yeah you can't have the same sort of level of discussion as we can i don't think
1: i thought it was interesting i didn't expect that mm. <laughs> yeah but uh but good event fun event not mm. a great crack wasn't it yeah yeah it was good uh, big beer towers spilling everywhere. <laughs> we, we we found out that maybe I shouldn't be pulling pints. It's not my fault <laughs> too.
3: Mm.
1: Oh, so, so, sorry, sorry. I remember this
3: morning. Um, I knocked over your beer, or was it? You
1: was it yeah, sigh? yeah. Well, yeah it I mean, you were just waving arms around, knocking over anything you could.
3: Yeah. Sorry about that, mate. <laughs> I
1: think it was while you were trying
2: to point out how shitty was at pouring a pint that
1: you
3: <laughs> yeah, knocked yeah. over I mean, <laughs> it, was <laughs> some, it was something like that. Yeah. yeah no yeah. irony. Apologies, so oh are you? Oh, it's fine. Um, it's fine. Wait for the next Super Bowl.
1: There wasn't a great deal left. I did not get back a though. Eyes on that one.
3: Oh, um, yeah. Oh, bollock. Oh, sorry. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> give, me your, give me your postcode. I'm on Just Eat right now. Other delivery services are available.
1: It's, 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 it's quite alright
3: in, in fairness, the next morning I was in no oh, fit state to be catching up with anyone to give.
1: I, mean, I, probably...
3: I, I had about three hours sleep.
1: Did you get out of the hotel in time?
3: Oh yeah, House, housekeeping knocked on the door at ten past eight. Now considering oh, no. considering checkout time is twelve o'clock. Um, oh wow, what's that about? Why? Oh, and she came in the room. What? It, was, it wasn't so. I heard a knock and went. That can't be. my Surely that can't be my room. And then the door started opening. Wow. The last thing she needs is Mickey in bed with his Mickey hanging out. There's, like, there's, <laughs> no, there's no need for that. I've um, seen those videos. She was uh, good. That's the only fans. Um, she was politely asked to leave,
1: and that, that was me. That was me. Open awake then. Oh man, that's rough. Yeah, that is rough. Long day after that as well, getting home. <laughs> it was horrible. <laughs> Jeez.
2: My, I, I went home the same night. I stayed, up, I stayed up for my first train, which was at six o'clock. Oh, dude. <gasps> Tough. Um, What did you
1: do for those couple hours? Yeah, I walked all forever. the
2: way to the nearest McDonald's, which was a good walk away, on the other side of the like, the uh, Canal Street. You know where Canal
1: Street is? The gay uh-huh.
2: village? Mm. I walked through the gay village, which was dead. It was completely empty. It was all shut. Um... Which I thought was weird on a weekend, but um, went through, got it to, was go like
1: four thirty am. at McDonald's.
2: Yeah, it was. That's true. Yeah, yeah, it was Monday morning. Um, but yeah, I got McDonald's, walked back, and then hung out with all the homeless people in the station. It was good fun. It
4: was good fun. <laughs> what to Manchester? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Tra- tra- traveling on a budget isn't it great? <laughs> did they, did they yeah. also have beard? Did they also have
4: what? Sorry, beard envy
2: no they were all far too busy uh, sleeping <laughs> to look at me so it was all right J- dave just shuffled in <laughs> into one of the sleeping I bags i became bags. one of them I, I i joined their community in the station
1: <laughs> blended right in um yeah we need, see this is someone with versatility dave you know he's got you know people are thirsting after him but he blends in with the homeless many hats so, yeah yeah uh in terms of the game itself i thought uh, kind of an epic game right until right at the very end um as the days have passed, I've kind of softened on the holding call a little bit. I know Kets was particularly uh, upset about it at the time. Yeah, it was just not so much on the call itself, just the,
4: the need for the refs to be seen to be getting involved in something yeah. that they could have just looked the other way and just let the game naturally play out to its, its conclusion, whereas that decision then caused you know most of that two minutes left just to be essentially wasted by the Chiefs, Kick the short field goal. And then, you know, the Eagles didn't have chance to to reply. I just thought it was a bit of an anti-climax to, to what was a great game.
1: It was. You know, I mean, sides. I think if, if you know, if that game had ended with, um, even if it had ended with the Chiefs giving the ball back, the Eagles sort of driving a bit of the field and the Chiefs stopping them, I still think we would have talked about this game as one of the, you know, one of the best Super Bowls of all time. And maybe we still will with time, but it does feel like a damp squib at the end of that one. Yeah, yes. the the,
2: the refs stayed pretty quiet throughout the whole thing. They just sort of let it happen, yeah. didn't they? They didn't yeah. make a load of calls, um, slowing the game down. So I, don't, I, I can't... I mean, I, I get why you would pin it on them a little bit at the end, but they stayed pretty... They kept flags in their pockets all game, so...
1: And ultimately, it was it was a hold, I guess. I mean, it did feel a little bit unnecessary. I don't know. I, I really don't think that ball was ever getting to juju regardless. People, Some people no, sort of said it was a it, but yeah, I, I don't see it. Um, but yeah it was a shame the way the game ended but great game overall and mm. I think the Chiefs you know on the balance of things probably deserved it with the comeback and
3: especially okay. with the Eagles defence not doing much no wasn't it Mahomes won incompletion completion in the second half or something like you mm. can't compete
1: against that that's out of this world well they were perfect right they had to be perfect they were 10 points down mm. and especially I mean he, I don't know if he was doing his best Big Ben impression or what but coming off that eye ankle sprain then it looks like he's going to leave the game at half time and <laughs> Still leads the team in the second half to the to the Super Bowl win. I do think that uh, giving him the MVP on 184 yards when you've got an absolute chad in the linebacker core like Nick <laughs> Bolton is a bit of an insult. Um, Say louder ga- to the people in the back. <laughs> a guy in Nick Bolton who scored one defensive touchdown and uh, you know really scored a second if it hadn't have been taken away by I don't know. I mean, it, to be fair, Devonta Smith hadn't uh, you know hadn't fully completed the process for catch probably, but it was close. So could have been two-touchdown game for our boy, Nick Bolton. Mm-hmm. I if recall
3: only. you had a few, uh, should we betting waging corner? Uh, you would, you had a few quid on something similar?
1: Well, yeah, I had a few quid on, uh, it was a defensive touchdown on by both teams. That would have been a big winner if that had come in. Oh Eagles so- let me down. Nick Bolton over 11 tackles, didn't do it. Even though it felt like we we said Nick Bolton tackle every two seconds. But- oh, he, he, he at least had 50. It feels that way, yeah, yep. but Skybet didn't agree. Scandalous.
4: <laughs> out know, to just generally the crowd at the Beer Keller. I've never seen so many people excited over a toinkos and the to- tails coming out. <laughs>
1: that was the like, biggest cheer the of the tails night. Tails
4: come out and it, the whole room just went, Ahh! The coin toss was by oh, far brilliant. the biggest
1: cheer of the night, yeah, absolutely. Um, good crowd, yeah. And apart from the one guy who got really upset with me and Mike for standing up during the Kadarius Tony uh, return, he was he, he was not pleased.
3: I don't remember that.
1: Oh really? What happened? what happened? He he came rushing over and like pushed us back there. You don't know, remember that? No, oh, Jesus <laughs> Christ! Well, well, I, well c- you know, Tony was going on a mega run, and and you you'd started to like rise, and I was behind <laughs> you, so I started to rise, and then that was it. By the time he'd got to the two yard line, this guy had stormed. I was like, sit down! I think he was like an Eagles fan. He was in his feelings about it. As an Eagles fan, he wouldn't want to see that. I don't know well, what this uh, uh, statistic uh, yeah. need. Yeah.
3: Um there was—I do recall—the guy. There was a guy sitting behind us, uh, dressed like someone from Greece, uh, and <laughs> the, the movie, not the country, um, asleep.
1: Um, yeah, somewhere in the third quarter. Bless his God, he was long gone.
2: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Is that the guy who smacked me on the back of the head for no apparent was, reason.
1: No, that. Yeah, he might be the same guy. Actually, I was going to ask you about that, Dave, because you seem to have you attracted some attention from a man was, behind you. I,
2: I, I, I bristled at it what he, he. just randomly hit me on the back of the head. I looked around at him I'm like, who, who the <laughs> is that? and why are you hitting me? And then he, I, I came back over like shortly after. I think he felt bad about what he'd done and tried to like do the sort of friendly fist bump. And I just. Uh, I was in completely. So uh, yeah, I, did,
1: I, I, I could see on your face that you weren't pleased about it at the moment. I was like, oh, I don't, it's, I don't think. It's um,
2: I don't think like spoiling a Super Bowl and a, a sort of a, a group meet by me getting into a fight with a guy who's just half asleep and drunk is going to, you
1: know, Dave. That would not have spoiled anything. I would have had the best. Time. <laughs> oh yeah,
4: yeah. yeah. <laughs> it would have been the ultimate live kebab corner.
1: Ket's diving across <laughs> the table to take out some, <laughs> some guy at the waist. <laughs> Um, yeah. We we wanted to like record some clips from the night but it was just too loud I think. Um yeah. straight yeah. from the off. Because they were playing like absolutely banging music to begin with and then it filled up and then it was just absolutely it was like a raven there. So I don't mm-hmm. think we could have done it, but so sorry Gav, I oh, know he wanted some of that. Yeah, um, unless you wanted like most of Green Day's back catalog in
4: the first place, which means <laughs> I was singing along, a bit of Avril Lavigne it was a really good uh, <laughs> really good pre Super Bowl soundtrack, I do thought.
3: We, do we want to mention beer terrors? Yes. Yes. They were spectacular. Whoever whoever made that decision, <laughs> that's off. How, how much was it? Tr- was it three and a half litres or something like that, or three litres yeah. in yeah, a really tower, which saw you wasted at least
1: 45%. Um, <laughs> I, I was not wasting any. It was Ketsu was spilling it all over the place. <laughs> uh, not at all. So you've worked in a bar before? No. Yeah, I can tell. <laughs> <laughs> it was funny when uh, when Ketsy's mate was, was like saying like oh someone pour me a pint it was like very specifically like not that one though not him. <laughs>
4: <laughs> yeah, he'd known you all over about an hour and he's like get away from my beer.
1: <laughs> um, Riri, thoughts on thoughts on Rihanna? Uh,
2: it wasn't the best halftime show I've seen.
3: It wasn't the Bre- worst though. Bre- Bre- I mean, floating on those yolks.
1: Yeah, I was scared about that. Yeah, I, I was worried we were going to get like the mm. next Janet Jackson as he, she toppled 30 feet from from the sky.
3: Oh, I, th- I thought it was all right. I, surprised yeah, so I was surprised, though. Surprised there wasn't any collaborations or anyone like that. Yeah, uh, you were mainly, particularly upset, mainly because yeah. I had a bet on Jay Z, um, <laughs> who was in the stadium. So i question that. Um, mm. I, thought, I thought it was all right. I mean, I'm sort of comparing it to to last year's, and it's going to take a heck of a lot to 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 beat yeah. last year. So, um, yeah, it was fine.
1: Yeah, it's an interesting way to announce you're pregnant, though. Very true. <laughs> is,
2: she, is that is is she actually pregnant?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay, I, I didn't know that.
2: They thought I was just making a fat joke. <laughs>
3: no, I, I remember, I remember someone—I don't some, know remember some who it was
2: lay, laying into her for being a little bit overweight. I don't yeah, remember who someone it
3: Someone said we're not going to—we're not going to mention names, <laughs> but someone definitely <laughs> say that Dave.
2: <laughs> You'll have to remind me off-air who that was. I don't remember.
1: but Okay, I will. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, in the days following, I think the most—the most interesting thing that's happened has been uh, Juju uh, really oh. just attracting unnecessary attention. From shade. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, throwing shade uh, about. So he posts one of those Valentine's Day e-card things, right? Saying I'll hold something about being held by James Bradbury, and uh, yeah, they popped off back at him. But ultimately, I mean, I mean, a lot of people, I mean, you know, the usual uh, Steelers people and and whatever, have been like, "Oh, this is this is classic Juju." I kind of feel like he's won this encounter. Like he won the ring. Like it doesn't really matter how petty he seems. Like he won the game. <laughs> like, hmm. I don't know. Am I being too Juju centric with that?
2: Uh, no, I don't think so. <laughs> I
1: mean, do we do we get like a
2: share in his Super Bowl victory?
1: Right, you oh, know, absolutely, c- yeah.
2: Because we drafted him. And I don't know.
1: I think we won the Super Bowl, Dave. Yeah, I'm, I'm, t- I'm taking that as a win. <laughs> well, I'm glad for Juju. Good for him. And uh, you know, everyone gets on Eli Apple when he does it. So let's let Juju talk a little smack. Mm. I did see. So- I did see some real pearl clutchy stuff, though. It was like. Um, Oh, after this tweet, Juju's career in the NFL might be over. I was like, get over yourselves, Jesus Christ! People were saying that when he was dancing on field logos. I mean, no, come no. on, it's, um, yeah. let's all calm down a bit. Put put your pills away. All right, anything else on the Super Bowl? Good fun. No, yeah, we need to make a
4: regular regular thing. I think.
1: Yeah, yeah, we'll do something for the draft. I'm sure, mm-hmm. if we can. Oh, I know Mike won't because he's he's got his little uh, pet project. <laughs> <laughs> well, funny enough, I've got about
3: seven of them coming over, coming over now, so and none of which are NFL fans. So, oh, man. um, yeah, I can't imagine convincing them to stay out four o'clock in the morning reading names of players off a piece of paper.
1: What <laughs> is it? What one can ask? Yeah, yeah, you can try and sell them on it. I I sold my entire uni group on it in the first year, but I think they were mainly there to see whether I lost copious amounts of money. Which you will have
4: done because it was your first year at uni. Uh,
1: no, I used to win in the draft. It was other things I lost money on. I only lost on the draft when Mike's started getting involved. <laughs> <laughs> All right, those, let's those go. Two
3: are, those two are not linked, by the way. Just just well,
1: JOK guaranteed first rounder. I don't know. Oh, apologies, <laughs> apologies. I wasn't in the room to find out with dodgy ticker. <laughs> All right, let's get to it. Speaking of uh, of maybe bets we can put on, let's look at some of these uh, these tight ends in this class. Um. Look at this class as a whole. I can't really remember what I thought to, of the last tight end class, um, but I, I'm liking some of the pieces in this class. I think there's a bit of variety. There's there's some pass catchers. There's some some nice blockers. I think there's there's a little bit of pick your poison in this tight end class, at least in the first three rounds. Um, mm-hmm. Don't know how deep it necessarily goes, but I think there's a few nice options at the top of this class. What do you think?
2: Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I can only agree with everything you said. Really, it's it's definitely um, the guys that are at the top of it are the the best part of it i don't know I, I haven't gone deep into anything past like six or seven so I, I can't really comment too much on anyone below that but from what i gather there's not a whole lot of talent outside of that top so many so you, you kind of if you want one you got to get them fairly early
1: i think what do you reckon to the to the class as a whole mate you probably best. looked at a few more than me yeah, so I was looking at um,
3: last year's numbers. So I, I looked, I ended up getting to about thirteen tight ends last year, and I'm about the same this year, um, just because it was one of the positions I looked at early with a few senior ball guys in. Yeah, I think looking at some of the names of last year compared to this year, this this group is is years and leaps and bounds ahead of mm. of 2022's crowd. Um, you know, we, and we've got real. Proven players, we have some that are all measurables, we have some that are even a little bit of both. I think there's a cracking mix across the board, and Dave, I agree with you, if you want the top one, the top two, you're going to have to use some big draft capital early doors because they, they'll they be gone very, very soon.
1: Yeah, some teams might be uh, using the first pick on a tight end in this draft, I think maybe multiple. Um, now, Let's let's jump into it now. Now, does anyone have maybe someone who is using the red star on the uh, the consensus number one overall, like Gavis, this week? Uh, does do they want to introduce this or
2: who is the consensus number one? I've not at the consensus. <laughs>
1: Dave, Dave, not sure. <laughs> I can do it though. If nobody, I thought someone might want to jump in because I felt like they might. If of any group, I thought this might be one where the top guy gets red starred a little bit. <laughs> I, are you? Is that where you're going to? No, no, that's why I asked, that's why oh, I offered it to the oh, table.
3: Then, then definitely, yeah, Red Star.
1: Okay, oh, all right, straight away. Now, I, I should have mentioned this off the top, but as we have no sound bud, um, the guest duo of Mike and Kets are going to be the sound bud. Mike, I'd like you to be the Red Star, and Kets, I would like you to be the Sleeper Submarine.
3: Okay.
0: <laughs>
3: red, red Star. Uh, there
1: you go. That's pretty good. Um,
3: pretty good. Yeah, uh, are we Are we? second consensus that Michael Meyer from...
1: Well, by consensus, I purely mean, you know, the NFL consensus, uh, in which he is pretty comfortably the number one tight end, at least on the overall board right now. I think he's going to soften a little bit. Believe it or not, on the overall board right now, he's actually the ninth overall player, which seems a little bit rich for me. But I think, given positional value and whatnot, I think to say sort of top 20 is probably more reasonable. Yeah, it, it's,
3: it sort of reminds me a little bit of Kyle Hamilton last year, where you've got a guy, I think I had think I Kyle Hamilton second or third on my big board overall, but that's it's not, not going to be picked at that level. It's just, yeah, yeah. It, you know, position of value is going to hammer him. But, I mean, I remember his uh, Michael Mayer's name from years ago, and it was just a case of at what point is he going to declare, or at what point is he coming out and going to the pros? Um, this guy is probably the best tight end I've seen since and before Kyle Pitts. Wow. Pro- I'd probably argue that. Now,
1: I say wow, well, but who has been, <laughs> who's been the option since then? True. I mean...
3: Moved, yeah. Now, you know, we caveat this by saying we we are not using, you know, we are not drafting Michael Mayer. Let's be, let's be fair here. Mm-hmm. Um, but just as him as a, as a player for the to to use your phrase, so for the cognoscenti, um, yeah, this guy is, is for me is is head and shoulders tight end one by country mile. And to be honest, when I do end up putting a big board together, I would expect him to probably end up being in the top twelve. Um, his, his variety for the fight in Irish for years was, was a class. I loved it. You know, when you watch any tape, he lines up anywhere in line, H back outside wide. Um, yes, he is that big bodied receiving tight end, but the fact that they do even put him in the backfield shows a level of versatility. You, you tend not to see from the more complete receive er, receiving tight end. If you're receiving tight end, you should be receiving, uh, it's a fairly straight, from, straight and simple process, but they asked him to, to play everywhere, including in the backfield blocking. Uh, solid frame. He's a, he's a unit of a guy who's not afraid of contact. Uh, I realise by the way, I haven't done my kets, apologies, my weights and measures. Um, well, he's, because, th-
1: he's thickly built, right? I mean, because he's six foot four and I've got him as two, six, five. Yeah. That's Jesus right. God.
3: Yeah. And, you know, he'll, you know, always caveat those because a lot of those might be sure. college, college sizes. So, you know, but even still 10 pounds and an inch here or there. What's that between friends? Um, our, there you go. Uh, <laughs> we haven't got the drop. When, <laughs> when, his, when the gears are moving, he forces defenders to just bounce off him. He is so difficult to take down and he's got a bit of zip to him as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I classify him as sneaky athletic because a guy that size mm. shouldn't be able to move like that but he can um he bosses over cornerbacks on one-on-ones it's it's not a contest it's not a 50-50 ball it's 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 70-30 it's 80-20 his ability to high point is is phenomenal i'm really really impressed by it um i mentioned the, the benefit of him blocking not only did he block in line not only did he block in the out of the backfield he was asked to block in screen plays and his ability to target defenders was excellent um his big improvement probably came from twenty one to twenty twenty two. Now he's not a you know a, a speedster who's going to connect or you know connect on serious long plays, but he's a real chain mover. He's mm-hmm. a he's a sort of eleven yards per catch sort of player. Bang on yeah. first down, tick over, keep moving the chains, continue on to the next uh, the next first down. Excellent hands brings the ball in well, secures it. The only thing as I say, he, he's not the athlete of, of Kyle Pitts, but I think he's a better player than Moot. So he sits in that middle ground between I mean, Pitts went at four, didn't he? And Moot went at what forty odds yeah. or whatever it might be. I think he sits in between there perfectly, both on a in terms of draft capital uh and also just ability. Um Kyle, Kyle Pitts is special. Kyle Pitts... I've never seen a player like that before. Of that size, and was able to move. Michael Mayer is of a similar ilk, just not at that level. But for me, first round, I mean, I've seen a few mock drafts and the, and the team I've seen taking him quite a bit are the Jags. That's not fair. <laughs> that's, that, mm-hmm. that's really not fair if a player like that goes to, goes to an up-and-coming offense. Um, yeah, absolutely red star for me. Will end up being a top 15 player on the big board first rounder all day
1: all right all right well seems like we got some fans of him here gab's red star as well um I mean I, I loved a lot of what I was seeing um, as you said I thought I thought the ball skills where he stands out the most very clean catcher of the ball but some seriously impressive highlight grabs as well which I'm sure a lot of you've seen excellent in contested catch situations um, probably the, the 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 quickest most sudden player uh, in, in terms of, of, of peeling off and and his route running um sort of attacking defenders at the stem quick footwork like that uh what I'll say is this though when you spend a a first round pick on a tight end I I don't know man it it is it is tough um to assess which of these guys are going to go on and use those talents to be you know one of these hyper productive tight ends that we see in the league and which are just going to kind of fade away to be these guys that are good players, but you always always have that caveat of like, oh, but remember when they were drafted in the first round, you know? I feel like TJ Hawkinson was a bit like that even until until maybe this season when I feel like people have started to, to get into gear with him. There's always that little bit of a stink on that first round tight end. Um, and I'm like, especially with him not being that Kyle Pitts element, you know, that, that Kyle Pitts athlete necessarily, I don't think the upside is there as such. I agree with you, um, Mike, that I think he's going to be one of these super productive QB's best friend, you know, kind of possession receivers, right? Who's who could just dominate over the middle, dominate in contested catch situations. Um, but like I said, I don't see him sort of. I mean, he's definitely going to be able to win vertically, running up the middle of the field in a similar way to Muth does. But I'm, I don't know, man. I'm not ready to say he's better than Moose. I'm not. I, I'm going to say it right now. I'm a big fan of Muth, Come, though. Coming out of college. <laughs> coming
3: out of college, as opposed yeah, to yeah, coming now. out
1: of college. Yeah, I understand. Coming out of college, I understand. Yeah, yeah. Coming out of college, I agree. I would probably have him ranked high. But um, but I don't think there's any guarantee here. There's nothing. There's nothing I'm seeing here that is like uh, you know he, he's got a slightly smaller frame, right? Than a couple of these other tight ends, just, just in his frame being six, six foot four. Obviously a big target still, but you know he's not one of the six foot five, six foot six guys that are in this class. Um, he's, he's I suppose I would say he's slightly rounder built, right? He's got like big thick thighs and a thick core, um, which uh, I think aids him in his blocking game and stuff. But but he's not quite. He's not got the um, I would say he's not got the biggest catch radius in the class as a result. Um And he's not an after-the-catch marvel either, like some of these guys. He's not like a huge uh rumble-down-the-field dude. He's definitely tough to bring down, don't get me wrong, as a lot of these t- kind of tight ends are, but uh, I wouldn't put him at the top of the class in that. But I do think what he brings in terms of ball skills, I think he handles the physical elements of the game really well. I think he positions himself really well to box defenders out and put himself up there and give himself the best chance to come down with it i really do think he's going to be a qb's best friend i think he's got a very very high floor um i just do struggle sometimes when you've got especially when you know you're looking at the the big board and he's like ninth overall not that i think he'll necessarily go that early um i think if we get into sort of 2025 i'm starting to say okay yeah i got i got no real problem with that if you want to invest in in an offensive weapon like this and so i think i would probably say in um but at nine i would be like oh let's let's count down a little bit but
2: Mm. Yeah, I mean I I can only really echo everything that you guys have said about him. But um I mean when you look at when you're watching a guy who's like this good and you're trying to find little negatives, right? You yeah, know, it's niggles. Yeah. You, you finally find the little tiny things and there's I think there's one or two instances where he could have been more physical in a contested catch situation, but even that was like very minor and he, he could have he like he could have completed the pass he could have been a little bit more physical and made a bit more of, of the of the catch but th- these are like really minor things um i don't know i mean th- whenever the name carl Pitts is mentioned i'm i'm i've got some ptsd cuz i picked him up in my flaming fantasy <laughs> leagues <and laughs> absolutely nafo so um you know it's uh yeah I, he's got he's definitely got the, the athleticism um you know a guy that size has got no business being that fast and separating in the way he does. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I can't, you can't not be in on this guy, right? But how will it translate? Is he going to be a Cal Pit story where he sort of flames out straight away and struggles? I don't know.
1: Has Cal flamed out. I don't know. I
2: don't know. I don't, maybe flamed out's the wrong word. Just sort of like disappointed. early doors. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Mm. I, was, uh, I did pull up a list of tight ends picked in the first round. Um, It's not a great bunch, I won't lie.
1: That's it, man. That's it. It always...
3: Yeah. It, it's a difficult but, one. But I'll tell you who he did remind me of now I think about it. And I know this might be just a, a, an easy comparison to make for us. Heath Miller. Mm. Mm-hmm. Heath Miller was a quarterback's best friend. He was never...
0: Yeah. I mean, yeah
3: he, I he, he, he may have made a Pro Bowl or two, maybe three, but never as... You know, we were. We looked at him as the as a really good all round tight end, and he was. He was one of the best all round. But an all round tight end doesn't get you the Pro Bowl, doesn't get you accolades like that. He he never had any significant receiving yard seasons like people like Gronk and Tony Gonzalez and all the rest of Antonio Gates. He, he was never of that level. But he was a first rounder out of Virginia, he guesses. Um, and I I think we were very, very happy with that pick. You know, when we look back on yeah. it now, he, he, was, he was an absolute superstar. Um, if, if if someone wants to say to Michael Mayer, that's the career you're going to have, take it now, mate. Yeah, yeah. I agree. You I know?
1: think you're probably right, yeah. I, th- I, I could see him being in a similar mould.
4: Yeah. A couple of um, potential question marks to raise on this guy. I'd, I'd caveat that with, there's a lot of positives there, and to be fair, because I'm probably last in... In mentioning him, I feel like it's my place to to just dampen it down a little bit. Um, I saw a couple of instances of missed pass protection assignments versus Ohio State. And I think my biggest kind of drawback him he seems to be consistently slow to react to the snap. Now, maybe that's just something about the tight end position that I'm not understanding if he's trying to wait to see if he needs to block somebody. But these seem to be plays where he was sort of a sign to go out on a route and to get into the zone. Um, so I think that's just something to keep an eye on. And I tried to like watch different games to see if it, was, if it was different or maybe it was just having a bad day, but it did seem to be consistently slow off the line of scrimmage. That said, he does block like a tackle. So if he's around the line of scrimmage, I can't really complain too much. But if he's on a a kind of receiving route, that's just something I wanted to bring to the table. Um, There's a couple of fumbles on tape as well, albeit it was after a beautiful high point catch. But then he sort of fumbled it as he was kind of running back towards the centre of the field. So just a couple of things just to keep an eye on. But I think, again, it depends on his his landing spot, as you lads have already
1: said. I think what it's fair to say about Michael Meyer is that he is probably the most polished tight end, right? I think he's the one that if you were to choose out of any of these guys we're going to talk about to slot right into a starting role in the NFL next week, it would be him, right? Is that fair to say? That's what I think. I think it's two, but yeah. Okay. No, I totally agree, sir. All right. Well, let's roll on. Anything else on uh, Michael Meyer? Um...
3: One other positive, a tight, mm-hmm. tight end who plays in a part of the country that doesn't have the best weather and plays without gloves.
1: Ah. I like it. Not all the time, but I like <laughs> it. I didn't notice that. Didn't, why did I notice that? Interesting. Hmm, no gloves on a receiver. You don't see that very often. Old school. Yeah, yeah. I like it. All right, on to number two. I'm going to go to who is the consensus number two. It's Darnell Washington out of Georgia. Six foot seven, 270 pounds. He's ranked 39th overall on the Big Bud. I've seen some conversation about Darnell Washington uh, sort of sneaking into the back end of the, the first round. He's one of these guys, maybe, that's on the periphery right now. We'll see how the combine fares for him. Um, now, the, what's wild about Darnell Washington out of Georgia is that he is mahusive. Now, when I say six foot seven, two hundred and seventy pounds, that might not jump off the screen to you. Like you might not be visualizing that. Just think about it for a second. He's an offensive lineman. He is huge. <laughs> he looks like a hulking behemoth uh, out there. When he's, especially when he's sort of leaving uh, in line and he's he's actually running a route or something. I mean, he looks mahoosive compared to everyone else. Um, but but where this guy really really makes his bread right now is in the run game, right? I mean, he to me he is a weapon in the run game he's like, he's like having a six tackle out there i mean think of all the times early in this season when the steelers just could have made use of this guy uh, when when our run game was really struggling i mean he's he's running out there he's pulling like a guard almost like on on wide runs and and uh, sort of outside handoffs he's he's just dominating in open field blocking uh, just just really and it's not just strength either you you remember a guy like you know we talked about Daniel Falele le le last year For the tackle, who was like the massive hulking tackle, who was like four hundred odd pounds. Obviously, he was in a similar position for for a tackle, right? Too big almost. And uh, he's not just like that where he's just got the size. I feel like he's got some some nuance to his blocking technique. He, He he seems quite polished to me. He's a violent blocker in space. Um, he just throws dudes to the ground, and he'll do it in any in any space. He'll do it, and he's not just doing it against DBs either. He's doing it against sort of. Legitimate D linemen that, that are lining up on the outside and guys that are, you know, going to go in, you know, the first, second, third round of, of this draft. Um, he's got elite length and power, and, and and I think he's got pretty good hand placement most of the time. He he, he could probably do with a little bit of refinement there, but for the whole, he, he's holding up really well in matchups with D linemen. I think, and when it comes to when it comes to outside of the blocking game i mean he's not he's not a dud there he, he's he's finished on 450 yards this last season there's not there's not a massive um sort of sample size for it i think he's only really got massively involved in the passing game this year in 2022 his first two years he only caught 17 targets combined but he caught 28 this year like I say 450 yards um but again i think he flashes to me sort of good instincts when the ball's coming towards him. He kind of can adjust his body. He's a little bit more switched on, I think, than maybe you would expect from a big hulking guy like this. Um, You know, while blocking his his key asset, I think he shows good focus and and, and can react to late balls. He has good body adjustment. And he's got enough sort of straight line speed. Again, he's a little bit plodding. When he comes out of his breaks and whatnot, he's not going to be a super refined route runner like, uh, like a Michael Meyer is. But, um, he's got enough straight line speed and I think we'll see when we test out at the the combine what this comes back as but once he, once you've got the ball in his hands he's got a little bit of time to gear up I mean I'm sure everyone's seen the shot of him hurdling over a guy in the sideline against Oregon uh, really tough to bring down really f- big fan of his stiff arm do you know I've gone really really back and forth on the Red Star this week and I was go- maybe going to go to the, the next guy we're going to talk about but I'm going to slap it on Darnell Washington because I just love the violence of the blocking on this dude Red star. Thank you. <laughs> and now I open myself up to people that just don't like big Hulk and behemoths. Tell you what, stick another red star on that phone. <laughs> yes, Dave. Another big
2: fat red star.
3: <laughs>
2: what a big fat one.
1: <laughs> red star.
3: <I> don't, <laughs> right. I'm really fascinated on how that's going to sound, by the way.
4: <laughs> <laughs> Man, it, more, more enthusiasm, please. I really want you to like, give it some just for the, the old time's sake, for the podcast. <laughs> Dave, do you want to go? Uh, cause I've got some notes if you haven't i'll let you I do start. i'm
2: about to, I'm about to
4: gush stand back oh, okay. um,
2: <laughs> Florida, just,
4: uh, <laughs> no its like
2: we've just talked about a guy michael mayer who's who very much fits into the the modern mold of what a tight end is right he can he's great receiver can block that's what you want from a tight end these days, but this guy he's not even your dad's tight end he's your granddad's tight end you know he's the he's the big physical dude. who Loves to block, and you can tell he loves to do it because he—he's blocking guys into Rose Ed. Mm-hmm. Absolutely great to watch. I mean, like I said, as a receiver, he's plodding. He's a bit slow, but he's a huge target. Mm-hmm. Absolutely massive. So what six foot seven plus his arms? He, you're going to struggle to miss the guy. And yeah. but he, he can get low. He can scoop balls off the ground if he needs to. He's not that. You know, you hear two seven, you think oh, the guy's gonna be struggling to move. He's 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 surprisingly fast for a guy of his size and he's surprisingly agile for a guy of his size. He's he's not gonna separate consistently, but mm-hmm. I don't think that's what you want from this guy. If you're if you're drafting him because you want to upgrade your running game, and you are gonna stick him in and instantly upgrade your running game. Yeah, agreed. I, I hate to think what would happen if the Ravens got this guy. Just oh, so oh, in the same Dave. I, I would love the Steelers to draft him, just so the Ravens don't get him. Mm.
1: They and can't it, take another tight end. But,
2: but man, <laughs> just imagine, imagine him blocking against. I can just see him knocking the Steelers down left, right, and center. Because, like, and you know, if you if you line up to pick team, you know, pick players for like a game, I want to be on his team because this guy is the block for me all day. It's it's amazing. I mean, he's a uh,
3: cliche first man off the balls, isn't he?
2: Exactly. You just yeah, just send him off first. I mean, he has a, to be.
3: No one get past him. He's a tight end
2: in a tackle's body. It's it's absolutely crazy. Um, he's I mean, he's been targeted forty five times in three years in the receiving game. I don't think they had any plans for him to you know show off in in receiving, but he can do it. But I don't know if you're going to be. Um,
1: it's is, not his main role right now, is it? But I, th- I think he can grow into it a little bit.
2: Maybe a little bit. I, I sort of see him as a receiver on the sort of Zach, Zach Gentry sort of level of every now and then, but maybe mm-hmm. designed a bit better where, you know, having to run four yards to reach the line of scrimmage on a flaming screen pass or whatever to Zach Gentry when he just sort of lumbers down the field. Um, I mean, God help whoever's going to block the guy. If like, I There's, there's a, a lot of instances where he's basically... Having a, um, a a DB's having to block him, a corner's having to block him. And you see them look at him and go, I've got to block this guy. And they'll just try and cut back around him. But he's agile enough to stop himself, flip his hips, and, and continue the block. He's not just mm. going to yeah. stop and lose the block. He's still got it. He's still got the block on the guy. You know, he, like I say, you, you see 270 and you think this guy is going to struggle to move. He's he's definitely agile. You know, um, I can, I can definitely see him climbing draft boards if for a team who wants to upgrade the run game. Um, I, as I say, I really hope the Ravens don't get him because
1: he would be the Mike Hilton killer.
2: Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> we'd
1: absolutely. never hear Mike Hilton's name again.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So he's he's not he's not twitchy, he's not fast, but he will dist- He's a road grading tight end. Which yeah. is, we're not, when's the last time we've seen a guy like well, that? As high in the that's bench? it.
1: It's unique, right? That's almost what's interesting to him, and why I'm red. starium is just—it's unique. I mean, I, I don't remember ever seeing a guy quite like this in the I've time n- that we've been
2: doing that. it. I've never seen. It. There's, there's got to be. I'm, I'm sure if Rich was here, he'd be saying there's a guy in whatever year that, that was a bit like this. But I, I can't remember anyone who's this much of a let's say a, a pure blocking tight end who's this high yeah. up and this, yeah. this. Everyone's this high up. Um, yeah, I, I think he's going to climb draft boards, but. I I I just want, like, because like, the Steelers want to upgrade the run game through the through the O-line, right? They want to, well, I'm, I'm, we're hoping that they want to get some tackles, or a tackle at least. Maybe just get this guy.
1: I must admit, yeah, I was thinking that they've, I, I, I'm, I'm almost upset that he seems to have already have flown the coop in terms of his draft stock, like, because you, you could so picture a guy like this maybe flying a little bit under the radar... You know, he drops to the fourth round, and the Steelers scoop him up easily as that second tight end, and improves the run game. Can you imagine? That'd be great. Screw getting a tackle. Just get that. You got one. Get Darnell Washington
2: <laughs> in, and just have another tight end on the field.
1: I, I saw Lance Lynn legitimately suggest that they move him to tackle.
2: The, the, he, he could do it. I have no doubts he could do it. Maybe, I, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe when he's, I mean, uh, I mean he can pass block down the field, but I, I don't know whether he's ha- having to move backwards with that. I don't know. Yeah, There's don't no know. tape on that. But, yeah, yeah, yeah I, I think he's got the skill set to be effective anyway.
0: Yeah.
4: Yeah, just to continue gushing. Um nope. Three words. I had pass catching tackle. So that sums it up perfectly. He's used to three words. Three, three words.
1: Oh, I got a minute.
4: Pass catching tackle. Not like you, your monologue yeah, but, that you've no, gone three No, I'm more interested.
1: Words. I'm more interested that you've adopted the three word
4: technique. I'm mean, just for this used guy. Three words. Just for this guy. Sorry for conforming <laughs> to formulas. And <laughs> hmm. anyway, athletic downhill steamroller described as freak at tight end. I don't think that sums it up any better than they could. Um, Louisiana State University tape. So uh, block, 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 touchdown. What more do you want from a, a dude that can, as Dave said and as, as I said, is, is excellent in the run game. He finds work both in pass protection and the run game. I think his route running is not too bad. He's got quite a quick release. Um, some nice body catches on tape. He provided a really nice block in the corner for the running back to score. Then on the next play after the touchdown, two point conversion, it was Darnell Washington that was that was catching the ball. So, I think if we're to go cornerback at seventeen with the first pick. And depending on what tackle options there are available, at, is it 32, 33 that we pick we've, we've, we'll be 32, won't it? Cause Miami don't get a pick this year in the first round. 32. You're going to have to convince me that this guy isn't the right option. There's going to have to be a tackle that is really good. And I'm talking one of the top two or three tackles in the draft for me not to go. When I get this guy, if we've got problems on the O-line on, you know, on the, the tackle positions, I think this guy would solve a lot. And if if we play in a two tight end set, you you have moves for the the smooth route running, the nice catches in the zone, and then you have Darnell Washington as as the road grader, but also with the ability to catch the ball as well, and perhaps catch teams off. And then with you know Pickens and and everybody around, I can really see that working really nicely in the uh, in the system. So uh, yes, please, so, can we have a, another shotgun and another red oh. star? <laughs>
3: You want, uh, you want enthusiasm, didn't you, cats? Yes, please, go
1: for it. Oh no, I'm pressure now. Uh, <laughs> red star.
3: There you go. Is that
4: better? Cool. Thank you, that. <laughs> That's better.
1: Man, I did not see three red stars coming for this dude when I when I first rocked up to the to the description. Interesting. He's he's All the right. blocking tight end too that we need. Should have known. Yeah, you know what? I should have known. And I agree. I, I took so, Dave's so this only...
4: approach of who should the Steelers draft? It's this guy. I'm hammering the. T- I'm hammering multiple tables, getting us to draft this guy.
1: Wow. So let me be clear. You're you're wanting this guy at seventeen. I don't know about seventeen ooh. because I think ooh,
4: a, no. Let me explain. No, 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 no. I didn't say seventeen. I said if we go cornerback at seventeen, okay. and there's no so top 30, tackle available too. at thirty-two, yeah. this guy answers the pass pro question. And delivers run game benefits. Mm,
1: do you know what? We actually do have the thirty third overall pick. Kets makes a great point, and this is probably his exact range. Mm. Now I don't see the Steelers doing it, but I love the I love the outside of the box thinking, Kets. Creativity, you know, got to got to try and think outside of the box. I don't things, I don't think say. it's I really don't think it's an invalid point, I, and I'll be fascinated to hear what Gav thinks of it next week. What do you think, Mike?
3: Um, well, at at thirty two, it's a sort of pick where if you were to say to me today, go, oh, no, I really don't fancy that lads. There's there's more, there are more needs out there. I really don't think value with her. But yeah. Draft day comes and we pick him at 32. I've got my shirt ripped off. I'm going crazy. <laughs> <see>, I'm celebrating. <laughs> I've woken the wife up. She's screaming at me. Go, Look, Darnell <laughs> Washington got picked in the top of the second round. Do you know your man out of Georgia? Um,
4: <laughs> <laughs> so, it, it all depends on how the board falls on the night, doesn't it? But I mean, yeah. I, I would argue he, he should be available. I, yeah, I mean
3: in terms of his blocking, it's disgusting. Honestly, it's 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 rated eighteen, it's PG thirteen, it's whatever it is. <laughs> the king, put the kids to bed. They should not be watching this. It is phenomenal. And I actually the first comment I have in my notes are um eligible receiver. Because yeah. he I, I was watching the take on where is he? Oh, okay, six alignment. Interesting. Oh no, that's him! Oh, Jesus! Um, honestly, like it, I, I, I know I'm just harping on points that you boys have mentioned. I, I wasn't as enamored by his route running. Um, it's clunky. His movement is very is clunky. clunky. He's yeah. he's a he's a he's a seam route guy, and that's it for now. Yeah. But in fairness, it comes to me as no surprise that you lads have, have read stardom. You know, it's a it's a big physical guy who can who can move half decent.
1: I, we are simple men. Yeah. So it's, it's,
3: it is all you <laughs> want. It, it is all we know he wants like. and need. Uh, <laughs> but he's... At 32, I, I agree with you, so I don't think that would be a Steelers pick, but Christ Almighty, it'd be an exciting one.
1: be interesting. It like, really
3: yeah. would be exciting how they ended up using him. And you're right, he would be. He would benefit the run game, pass protection, all the rest. It's a bit rich for tight end too, personally. Feels uh,
1: like a luxury pick almost a little bit, right? Feels like... yeah. But,
4: which in I'm fairness, kind of looking we have at two second round picks.
1: Yeah, are so... kind of
4: looking at it as a luxury pick. If yeah, it misses, yeah. Who would you rather have, Chase Claypool or Darnell Washington?
1: Well, I mean that's an easy answer question to answer right now. But if you'd have asked me at the time, I might, I probably would have said Chase Claypool. That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, one of them.
4: I mean, it's one of them. It, it, it all rather, depends on what's on... I'd rather have Darnell.
1: I'd rather have Washington than Rasheed Rice. I'll tell you that.
4: Yes. True. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, ju- I'm just saying, you know, it depends on what happens on the night, what the board looks like. If all those tackles go, you know, you could, you could, there's going to be a few QBs come off the board. There's going to be a few corners come off the board. And then you kind of get that tackle run. It depends on where that falls. And if they are all gone by the time we're at 17, then we might be better picking a top yeah. corner. And therefore, I'm just proposing this as a, well, what about this as a as an option?
1: Yeah, no, I like it. I like it. All right, well, we'll see how we go on that. That, that is one we got to circle back to with Gav. And Rich, if Rich has watched him, because I'd love to know what he thinks of the, of the blocking as well. But... Rich, if you
3: haven't <laughs> watched him, man, it's yeah.
1: it's disgusting. But, uh, yeah, I was, and I, wanted, I, just, I don't know. Something in me makes me think that Gav would have scoffed at the suggestion of taking him at 32. But I could be wrong. I don't know. But we'll see what he thinks next week. All right. Uh, well, uh, Dave Orquetz, I'll let you uh, choose where you want to go next if, if one of you guys wants to, to go with the next guy.
2: And then, Kat's have you got one lined up?
4: Okay, I will go with uh, Dalton Kincaid, 6'4, 240 out of Utah. Um, basketball in high school, only one year of high school football, no FBS offers, and it was a walk on at San Diego University. So, this guy's had to really kind of fight for his career. Um, two years later, he transferred to Utah. Led the team in total receiving yards and touchdowns ever since. Led the FCS in tight ends in terms of yards per catch during his college career. Is what you would class as a traditional pass catching tight end. There's lots of kind of contested grabs over the middle. Um, lots of kind of zone receptions. There's some deeper tight end routes. Um, some really nice kind of toe taps on the sideline. Um, both with the one foot that you have to have in college, but there's examples of kind of two feet as well, which is nice. Um, Very much kind of a a rumbler. There's a lot of kind of tackle breaking for yards after catch, a lot of arm tackles broken. Um, I watched the USC tape and this guy basically was the offense that night mm. um quite versatile there's, there's a number of these tight ends actually they're quite versatile he played out of the slots on a, a couple of option routes and, and when I say he's kind of rumbling down the field there was an example where it took kind of four plus defenders I'm not sure if the fourth defender actually did stop him or if he was still kind of trundling on um negatives um I've got down blocking do I have to as a, a kind of point here, I didn't see very many um, positive examples of blocking on tape. And the one that I did see, it kind of got too vertical on and, and lost the route or lost the, the rep because of that. So I've got a question mark over blocking. Um, so I'd say decent hands, some nice routes and releases, nice burst. His acceleration is pretty good. Um, potential fantasy darling, depending on mm-hmm. landing spot. But he does need to have a strong O line around him, so I think he could be kind of made or or broken by his landing spot. I think that's an important consideration.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Very much the the Mike Josecki mold of what doesn't block, <laughs> but is is a big time receiving option. Nice. Um, Turns 24 in his rookie year. That always that always is a question mark to me. I must admit, when I first read about this guy, right, because I'm, I'm going in, I'm like having a little read about who he is before I get the tape on. I, I kind of I, I almost wanted to be out already, right? Limited power guy, minimal blocking upside, isn't a sudden athlete, turns 24 in his rookie season. I was like, I don't know about this. But, man, I was just so impressed with the receiving ability on tape. Excellent ball skills, crisp route running, gains consistent separation. I just ended up really, really, really liking him as that as your kind of premium receiving option, out, you know, outside of Michael Meyer in, in, in this class. Um, and, I, and I was very close to Red Star, and I've got to be honest, I have Red Star written next to his name. <laughs> nice. uh, taught, maybe we top Pink Star after the show, but he he really is chalk and cheese with Darnell Washington, right? Because this is your all all receiving weapon kind of guy compared to Dana Washington who's your, your all blocking kind of guy and maybe the two can meet somewhere in the middle in the NFL and learn to do a little bit of what the other guy does but uh, I just I mean obviously super productive right goes over 800 yards into two separate seasons separated by three years might I add um, has fantastic balls I mean that's where I'm most impressed with him really I mean he's dropped two passes in 2022 he has great vision turning his head and tracking the ball over his shoulder great body control I think he's a jump ball specialist I think he's got, he's not, the weird thing is, I mean, he's six foot four, so, I mean, huge compared to me, but compared to some of these tight ends, he's not the biggest tight end. But I think his timing and ability to kind of know when to go up and get it over defenders is right up there with the top of this class. Um, towers over defenders, comes down with the ball. Um, he's his big wingspan to come down with plays across the middle. And and what I like about him as well, as well, what a lot of these guys can't do, you know, the rumblers and the tumblers, you can make a guy miss in the open field, right? He's got a little bit, just enough wiggle to make a guy miss. Uh, occasionally in the open field. So, you know, that quickly diverts north and south as soon as he gets the ball in his hand, which I love. The kind of guy who always quickly gets up to top speed to maximise yak act. And, and I love what he does with the ball in his hands, like you said, Kets. He, he's not the most powerful tight end in the class, but he has got no trouble lowering his helmet, powering through DBs. He is a struggle to bring down. He always stumbles forward for extra yards. And uh, he's got a penchant for the spectacular as well. I mean, some incredible sideline catches, hurdles on tape. Um... I was very impressed with what he did both pre and after the catch. Um, so, you know, I, I spe- if he hadn't been 24, maybe the Red Star would have been locked up for him. But,
3: <laughs> yeah. I, this guy screams to me potentially tied into too.
1: Hmm.
3: Um, Ketch, you mentioned the USC, the, the USC game. Oh, unreal. High points <laughs> the ball over the day being the same. Follows that up with another sideline catch and a touchdown as well. Just watch that game and go, yeah, I'm done. Don't need to watch anymore. You should, but uh, yeah, this. I, I think this guy. Uh, I could see I could see him sneaking into the first round.
1: I, really, Dalton Kincaid I, in the first round? Really
3: could. Not that I feel that's where the value is. I've got him as a day two, but he's the sort of guy if if, if Mayor goes somewhere at like fifteen. I don't, I don't know who's picking the fifteen, but wherever that's sort of mid-teens. I could see someone like a like a Jacksonville going, Well, we need to have a weapon on that side of the ball. Let's take a guy like yeah. this. Yeah. He, he just screamed, Yeah, and you and are right, lads, the, the blocking isn't there. But if that's not the system you have, you sure. are getting an incredible receiving weapon. Um I've got I've got the word wiggle in my notes as well. Clean sweep yeah. nearly. Um but yeah, his, his his want and the ability to keep the legs churning in contact again if you extra yards. The, the lad is tough. He just hasn't got the technique in yeah. the blocking game. But physical yeah. physicality and effort I think is there in spades. Absolutely. Um if, so I'm I i, I would not have blamed you for gone Red Star in the slightest. Um I, I think this lad could be a could be a weapon in a few years. Age twenty four doesn't bother me. Um yeah, this this guy's a chance to be a Absolute belt and tied in for a couple of years.
1: Man, I hope I'm not going to regret that decision to switch it out. Mark Hansen did Red Star. He dropped me a message before the show.
4: Ah, uh, good. I was going to ask if he did.
1: Yeah. What do you make, Dave?
2: Um, I mean, maybe I'm not quite as high as you are, Si. I mean, I'm. Mm. I still like the guy. I think he's. He strikes me as a just, just like a big wide receiver, really. Um, yeah. Big yeah. slot receiver. Um don't think anyone's going to ask him to block i think i don't, I don't know maybe it's technique maybe it's part of technique because it sort of comes down to sort of it sounds weird to say for a guy who's so physical with a ball in his hands but a sort of functional strength thing when it comes to comes to blocking yeah um, absolutely that's what it is the the efforts. i said like, like um like mike said the, the effort's there it's just that he's getting overpowered the, the functional strength but then i don't know with a couple of years on the NFL porridge and a bit of, <laughs> a bit of weightlifting in it. You might... Because, you know, tight ends take time to develop. They're not just sort of a... Very few of them are sort of plug and play when it's particularly when it comes to blocking, unless you name Garnell Washington. Um, and, you're, and you're six foot seven and absolutely massive. Um, yeah, the linebackers aren't going to be able to cover him. He's, he's, he's going to be a nightmare for people in, in the in the, in the the receiving game. Um yeah, I, I, I can't really. I struggle to come with anything negative other than his size, really, and his and his level of strength. Um, but I don't think that's going to come in as a factor, really. I think people, someone's going to draft him on the fact that he's dynamic with a ball in his hand.
1: Yeah, I agree. All right, fair. No, so no red stars outside of Mac. Outside of Mac, I'm disappointed by that. Almost. Hmm. Get my pink star. I also like. Worth pointing out, of course, for me shares the name with the uh, Samuel Jackson's character in the Ryan Reynolds hit movie, The Hitman Bodyguard. No one else Excellent. has probably seen that film, but that's all I can think of when I see him is Samuel Jackson. I just see Samuel Jackson.
4: But you don't want of him, him on his, of the name. You don't want him as your bodyguard, though. It's important to clarify that.
1: <laughs> I don't know. I'd probably take him better than the bodyguard I've got now.
4: The, hit, the hitman's bodyguard.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, I can,
4: it rings a bell. I don't know if
2: I've seen it though. I, I haven't there's, seen many. Well, movies. There's
1: the Hitman's bodyguard, which is Ryan Reynolds and Samuel Jackson, kind of buddy kind of thing. And uh-huh. then there's the Hitman's wife's bodyguard, which is those two and Selma Hayek as well. Okay. Go, go, go check those fun popcorn movies out, Dave. I'll,
2: Have a great I'll, time. I'll make sure I do.
1: <laughs> if you like Ryan Reynolds, if you don't, don't bother. <laughs> All right. Um,. All right, we'll move on, on to number four. Uh, uh, Dave, I guess we're up to you if you want to yeah, choose I'll, someone.
2: I'll go next. Um, i go with Luke Musgrave out of Oregon State. Uh, 6'6", uh, 255 pounds. So I've seen him put slightly... Some places put him slightly lighter, some like slightly heavier, but I don't think it all... I think at this time of the year, it's all sort of up in the air, what wise way. Um, It'll come out in the wash. But he has played two games in 2022 after a, a knee injury that ended his season, um, which was a a big red flag for a lot of people. And I, I thought, oh, God, this guy's going to plummet. But then he had a, a good showing at the Senior Bowl. I've not seen much tape of that, um, but I haven't really had time to seek it out. But um, have you, any of you guys watched any of the Senior Bowl like, practice tape of him?
3: No, I'm trying to think. There was a there was a tight end of the game that had a great sideline catch, but I don't think it was Musgrave. Actually, no, no, it was. Um, I think it was Payne Durham out of Purdue. So no, I, I've not seen any. So we'll uh, something to catch up on for sure.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean he he's got um
3: got great short
2: short area quickness. I don't think he's quite as. Agile as a guy like Kincaid is, but he's he's definitely um, a sort of a above average plus level sort of athlete. Maybe maybe above average sort of sells a bit, sells him a bit short. Um, I don't really know what level you put him as an athlete, but um, he's definitely above average. Um, good speed for his size, and he's got a great feel for the sort of soft spots in a, in a, in a defense hill, even on sort of on his routes he knows how to you know sort of time them to sort of really get into that soft spot between defenders yeah, he's not you'll see some um i don't know, not necessarily this year but in previous years when i've watched titans they sort of just run the route and that's it they don't seem to pay much attention to where they are within the defense mm. um, so he's really finding those soft spots where the qb can find him and and what have you particularly when sort of down the field when they sort of down the field catches he's really finding the soft spot um, really good, reliable cricket hands, nice soft hands. Um, I can't remember seeing many drops from him, um, but maybe that, that might just be the tape that I've watched. Um, again, well, a bit like with Kincaid, uh, Luke Musgrave has a bit of an, maybe a bit of an issue with functional strength and technique as a blocker. Um, leverage sort of issues sometimes, high pad level, not. Not getting low enough, um, so people, so some guys can overpower, particularly the bigger, um, being like if he's up against a tackle or something like that, he, he, he does get overpowered at times. Uh, but bucking anyone his size and smaller, he's he's, he's fine, but yeah, the, the functional strength sort of question sort of creeps in a little bit with Musgrave, but he's definitely an impressive athlete, um. The injury concerns. I don't know how much they are concerns anymore after his apparent senior ball triumph. Mm. What do you guys think?
1: Yeah, uh, Musk, Luke Musgrave. um I, 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 He's one of these kind of big, tall frame kind of ends, right? He's mm-hmm. not got that kind of upper body heft like a no. you know, like a Michael Meyer does, or he's not. He's not that kind of dude, but. He does look like one of your kind of the basketball player types out there, which I think sometimes does help in the receiving game. I mean, he's he's such a big, tall frame and a big target to hit. Um, especially when you see him sort of running those uh, sort of streaks right up the middle, right up the seam. Right, I think that's where he's probably at his best. And he and he he has got a big athletic upside, Dave. I think you're right. Great speed for for a big tight end. He's got a quick release. He accelerates really well. Um, Flashes some elusiveness in his route running, gains some smooth separation. I think he's got he's a long strider. Uh-huh. Um, also, I'm, I don't want to step on Ketsi's toes here, but uh, multi-sport athlete not in, not in your usual ones in lacrosse and alpine skiing. Oh, big, big Ooh. fan of that. Big fan of that. Yeah. Um, God, and while while I'm on this corner, I might as well step on Ketsy's toes some more. Dad played college QB for uh, for Oregon State as well. I believe, and the uncle was an NFL QB and offensive coordinator. So there's bloodlines here. Nice as well well. Um, like you say though it's funny I mean the the biggest thing for me like you said David you already touched on it is is the lack of heft and power in in his game Um, I like my tight ends with a a little bit more oomph to them than this Uh maybe it's just a bit of a bias for me but to compete in the, the trenches I think he does need a little bit more functional strength like you said um, I also thought. I, I'm interested to see if you guys thought this as well. I thought he at times was a bit of a body catcher. wasn't plucking the ball with his hands and the way that some of these other dudes were. Um, um, there is a bit of a limited sample size on him as well. Um, he's not caught a ton of balls of his career. Well, so. having,
2: having said that, I mean, say so he played two games this year, but in the two games he played, he had 11 catches, 11 catches. for 169 yards. So he's been good oh, yeah. in those two games.
1: Yeah,
4: yeah. Good production for a tight end that
1: just uh you know there's nothing you've not seen him do it over the course of a full season you know no. i don't know if that's just not staying healthy or that's true his role in the offense but yeah i don't know what do you guys think
3: I th- yeah i think i think there's always going to be a question mark on production um let me have a look 11 33 45 47 47 catches, yeah. i mean yep. question marks. In four years yeah, yeah yeah since 2019 now Two catches in 2019. Okay, you can wipe that off. Oh, that we'll out. Yeah. yeah, you can. The others, it's just, it's just the same with the injury. The athleticism, I love it, this guy. I really do. He's. Do you know where I think he really excel? Really will excel is in a in a run heavy offense where he's the tight end that starts blocking and sneaks him into space
1: because mm-hmm. he'll be
3: he will force a linebacker on skates and he'll he'll have two yards separation by the time the quarterback throws the ball. He'll mm-hmm. be that sort yeah. of target for. Nine yard gains, ten yard gains, and, and just keep the ball oh, sorry. Nine and ten yard catches with Yak after the, after the catch. I, I think this yeah, this guy I'd love him in a Steelers kit, actually. Now the more the more I think and convince myself for this sort of player, I'd love it. But the knee injury, yeah, we can question that. Dave, you mentioned the senior bowl. I just wanted to grab a couple of nuggets uh from the senior bowl. Yeah, everyone raved about this guy. He was the fastest recorded tight end by a country mile as far as everything was uh, far as everything was reported. and um, he had only he wasn't long back from his knee injury, so credit to him. He stuck it out and went through the went through the practices and is obviously impressed. So I, I think you know, you talk about the senior bowl and the East West drawing game and stuff like that. It's for these type of players, guys who come back from an injury and people need to question the ability that they've got. And I think this guy's nailed it. I think this guy has a chance to go top 100, probably comfortably, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, he's the 59th ranked overall player on the Big Book. Oh, wow.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: He's been climbing, it seems. Um, and Kets did just message me, and I had just thought it as well, Kets, that we haven't been doing the in-out, so Gav is probably railing at us as we speak <laughs> everyone. yeah we'll, we'll go back and quickly do it, but but um after we've done this um but yeah 59 on the overall board so certainly seems like he's sort of in the day two conversation so just looking
4: at and i don't know how true this is because obviously this is some guy on internet but um four fifty one <laughs> forty, which you could kind of see him being there or thereabouts. That that's pretty quick for a tight end. But then again, if you've got a really athletic tight end that's just coming off a knee injury, how much of a gamble is that? I, I don't know. It's just a, it's a question. So I think that's the one thing that that could put some teams off. But equally, you know, the senior bowl performance will will cause him to rise up draft boards. There's some some beautiful kind of there's a 27 yard touchdown versus Boise State, which is really nice. Um, Mike, you mentioned about um, yards after the catch. I didn't really see a lot of examples of that in some of the tapes that I watched. It was pretty much when he gets tackled, which you know he's got his speed and and kind of some elusiveness. But when he gets tackled, he was pretty much down the first tackle every time. You no, know what I I'm I'm more so looking at the athleticism of ball in hand.
3: You're, you're right. <laughs> there, there isn't enough because there's just generally not enough tape on him, anyways. But I'm I'm projecting a little bit with that athleticism
4: more than anything else. Yeah, I did see some good kind of block release out on a route reception court. So yeah, I know what you're coming from in terms of that that separation versus linebackers. But I'm I'm just kind of flagging that I didn't see it specifically on the tape that I watched. But as we've said, you know, there's not enough tape on this guy. It's a bit of a, a bit of a gamble in terms of the tight ends in the draft. I think.
1: I, I agree. That that is my my main concern. I love the athleticism, but it is a gamble. It's just not enough out there of him for me to feel super confident about it. And I think sometimes it goes to show, right, these NFL teams are drafting on traits more than anything, maybe even more than tape. Mm. Sometimes, you know, you don't have to have maybe put up... I mean, it is crazy to think, right, this dude could have spent four years and caught 47 balls and now he's going to be paid what? Man, I wish I was six foot six and could run a 4 or 5 you. I suppose you weren't when I saw you Sunday. <laughs> um all right, I tell you what, let's, let's quickly just go through the in-outs on this. I think it should be pretty simple. So, um, Michael Meyer, are we all in on him? Was anyone out? At say, in like a top 20, 25 range? Yeah. 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 Yeah, all in. Daniel Washington, at a uh, kind of top 40 range.
2: I'm all like? six foot seven inches in.
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah,
3: yeah, I was saying.
1: All right, so four in's there. Hope you're tracking this, Gav. Uh, Dalton Kincaid is 43rd on the overall big board, so I think we're probably talking second round, um, somewhere in and around there, but also in definitely,
4: yeah, and yep, he's gonna make someone's fantasy team look ridiculously good.
1: <laughs> and uh, then Luke Musgrave, he's 59th on the overall board, so we're starting to enter the third round ish, so so start a day, th- start of round three, um. I mean, it doesn't seem like bad value there, to be honest, does it? But I, I don't know. I'm going to stick to me guns on here. I can't go in on everyone. And I don't I don't love that there's not a lot of tape out there. By then four, top 55. Yeah. And that's the other thing I was going to ask you, Mike. What's the deal with Oregon State in terms of... We don't see many guys drafted out of there. Or at least I can't remember. I'm sure there has been. But I don't... You know, the, the, the Beaver logo doesn't stand out to me all that much. What's the deal with their level of competition? I mean, they're playing Oregon and Boise State, so I guess they're in that kind of realm, right? Um... God, if memory serves me
3: right, they had a quarterback years ago who was uh, a short little lad who got a lot of pop. Um, someone on the Twitter draft sphere loved him. It could have been a lad from PFF or, or someone. And um, uh, yeah, he had gone undrafted and uh, haven't heard from him since. Um, uh, God. You know, I, thought was about to be, um, I thought this question was about
2: to be... This question was about to be size version of who the hell is TCU but apparently not
3: <laughs> actually I,
1: <did laughs> Oregon I, State were in the National Championship
3: <laughs> <laughs> two, years, two, two years in a row um, no they actually had two guys I quite liked in the last few years and Wright the cornerback, back and Jamar Jefferson the running back but after that Tegan Quixariano a tight end if we hardly knew you Jake Luton, quarterback, Isaiah Hodges, wide receiver he's done a bit of all right um Isaac, what's his name from the from the Eagles? The guard? Uh Steelers, in Steelers Own, Steven Nelson. Um oh,
1: lads. We've forgotten about, all right, we've forgotten about
3: Marcus Wheaton.
1: Of course. Uh, <laughs> I did not know Marcus Wheaton attended Oregon State, I'll be honest. Alright, all right, fair enough, fair enough. I mean so, nothing uh, of any great Yeah. Yeah. You would be what if you were taking him at his current position? You'd want him to be the best Oregon State NFL player ever. Yeah. Well, at least in a long time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go out just just on lack of lack of real feel for the guy. I mean, I, it could could prove to be you know one of the uh, bargains of the draft with his athleticism and his size and his upside. But yeah, I'm, I'm gonna, if a consensus is sad at fifty, I'm gonna probably say out yeah, as
3: well. No. If consensus was like seventy-five, eighty, I'd probably have a different conversation about it.
1: Yeah,
4: yeah. But I'll say out at fifty. Yeah, I'll join your mic for exactly the same reason. It's a bit high up to take the red pill or the blue pill, isn't it? <laughs>
1: you got to take one of the pills. You
4: know
2: uh, what? Considering that the the upside and the the way he has seemed to bounce back from the knee, I, I'll, I'll stay in. No. Alright.
1: <laughs> All right, all right, staying on your hill, I like it.
4: That will come back to be the smart man's choice.
1: I know, yeah. We'll play this back, and it'll be like, ah, why did they overlook? Uh, Luke Musgrave. Uh, okay, Mike, I'll let you go next. Grant, um, we'll
3: we'll we'll deep dive a little. Um, only because there's a it's my oh, job. no, no, no. Sorry, sorry. Deep dive, not in that, not in that sense. Have any of you guys watched uh, Jaleel Billingsley yet, out of Texas?
1: Oh, I didn't get to him. I haven't, but I've heard about him.
3: Now, do you know why you've heard about him?
1: Um, was he? I don't know. Wasn't he some like big shot originally, and he's not panned up? So so. Um,
2: wasn't Was he like a, a receiver at some point? He's like or I'm thinking of someone else.
3: How how this guy's name did did the rounds was he was at Bama before going to Texas, and he got called out by Saban in a press conference. Ooh. Um. The quote from Saban is, "This is not a democracy. Buy in and do what you're supposed to do." And then you <laughs> know, he not played for Alabama and went to Texas.
1: Um Yeah. Nick Saban. Come on, man. Yeah. What does he know? Um, don't do a guy like that. <laughs> get under that bus.
3: I, don't, I, don't, <laughs> I imagine there's going to be some great interview questions to the to <laughs> Um. In terms of the player <laughs> on the field, um. Good hands, decent hands, uh, good length. In the receiving game, I feel he's got the athleticism and the physical traits to, to make some special plays. I think he really does have that. It, it it came out in, I thought, in Bama, but more so in Texas. <laughs> he, he saw a lot more time starting in Texas. I will say, though, lads, his blocking game is bad. It's it's. I'm really, you know, I know we've mentioned people here about they're a better receiver than they're a blocker. This guy's blocking is bad, um, to the point where do we even just disregard him being a wider rec- or being a tight end? And say, kid, play wide receiver because it's just not your area of expertise at all. You know, it's it's not just it's not just the case of him struggling a little bit. It's a he's a liability. Too often, I saw him just getting blown up by the def- by defensive linemen and edge rushers. And when you're seeing that common trend, no, nah, I have no interest in, in this guy whatsoever. Um, but I did, The only reason I mentioned him is because I want to know a little bit more about what happened to Bahama. I'm, I'm fast. I mean, how often do we hear any head coach throw someone under the bus? Like yeah. I really chose him under the bus search for the name. The first thing that you'll start to see is, is Nick is all about Nick Saban. So get those background checks in at the combine. If he's, if he's been invited, I presume he has and Get a little bit of a deep dive to understand what's happened there. But uh, for me, this guy's a receiver only. He's a day three, late day three pick, if that. You know, maybe even a UDFA. But receiving game is his part of call early doors. But for yeah, for for me, like it, it, he's not a value guy. But I was just being nosy, and wanting to hear a bit
1: more about what happened about Bahamas. So. He's, he's listed here at two seventeen. Is that does that seem right? That's that's tiny for a tight end.
3: Mm. As I say, wide receiver.
1: Yeah, that feels like a wide receiver, doesn't it? <laughs> Strange.
3: Mm. Yeah, no, he's an interesting one. As I say, what, what's the interview?
1: It's pain. It's painful I, I, to watch. I do want to see that now, and I like the uh, the first line on the little uh, on NFL draft buzz. Shout out to our boy uh, on the. Uh, he's the right little headers now for them all. Uh, the first line. Jaleel Billingsley's college career has been a massive disappointment. <laughs> <laughs> uh, number eight, <laughs> really, All right. Tight end. Really? Yikes. Uh, not on the big board, just, just on this website. All right. I, I uh, think no one
3: else has seen Billingsley.
1: Yeah, no, I've not. Yeah, I don't, no. I don't think so. No. Fair, fair, fair. All right. Um, All right. Might say, go I'll, in with a I'll,
3: I'll dive. I'll say, I say I'm out and pass the torch. <laughs>
1: uh okay i'm gonna go to sam laporte out of iowa uh sam laporte six foot four 250 pounds he's 78th on the overall big board um hey nice uniforms to got over there in iowa. <laughs> it's, don't, it's don't know easy why. to
2: like the iowa players right yeah
1: yeah yeah definitely yeah um three words i've got here uh flu- obviously they aren't three words fluid mover Nice receiving option, but lacking a little bit of blocking consistency. Um, kind of similar to some of the guys we've spoken about, but I think he has a little bit more maybe power and toughness to his game in general. Um, so Samuel Porter, he played wide receiver and a defensive back in high school. I think you can see that in the way it translates to his movement skills on the field. He's he's, he's in that kind of mould. He's he's definitely got nice movement skills for a big, powerful man. He can stick his foot in the ground and, and break really effectively, separate on short routes nicely. Um, I think he's one of the more impressive, crisp route runners out of this group. Um, He he also has the requisite speed to be a kind of dangerous player on vertical. Or I saw him especially running some nice sort of sluggo, kind of stop and go routes um, up the sideline. Uh, Has double the yardage production the last two seasons of anyone else in the Iowa receiving game? which seems pretty nuts because he only went for 670 and 657 yards in the last two years so i mean show me those iowa receivers come back to us guys i don't know what's going on there but it does seem like at least he was the dog in that offense right he's the guy that they're targeting on an offense that it seems like he's struggling um he's got really nice plucking hands got them cricket hands reports of occasional focus drops i saw I, i didn't see it personally but i did i did read reports of that um but Generally to me, I mean, he was flashing nice technique, catching the ball away from his body, so I liked his hands. And he showed nice technique, tracking the ball over his shoulder, making the grab. Now, a couple of things I picked up on. Despite kind of his movement skills and size, he's not been a big red zone threat, just five touchdowns in the last three seasons. So I think that's worth, you know, at least looking at. Maybe that's more of a prospect, more a thing of the Iowa offense than it is of him. I don't know. Um, not kind of a big wingspan guy. Um He's not a big go-up-and-get-it contested catch guy as far as tight ends go. I think he prefers to win with separation than he does with, with sort of power at the point of attack. Um, he's not kind of your size, speed, mismatch player, right? I, I don't think he's got elite athleticism or size, but but he does still create that separation, like I say. So not a mismatch, but 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 a guy who, who can get open. Um, and he shows willingness as a blocker, but he does get badly beat on occasion, especially when run blocking. I think he, he may need a little bit more refinement before he can be trusted to start out there and that might limit his kind of upside early um, but I don't know man I, I really like what I saw out of Sam Laporta overall more more kind of move receiving tight end have him kind of running routes getting open over the middle uh, showing kind of his his movement skills and separation ability a little bit just needs to work on that blocking so he can maybe start as a lead tight end but I could see it happening for him I say 78th overall in the big board so you're looking into the what's that third, fourth round um mm-hmm. So I mean I think I gotta be honest, I think I would be in at that because I think he offers some upside as a starting tight end down the line if you can get some refinement to his game a little bit.
2: Yeah, man. Um Sam the Porter is my is my sleeper.
1: Whoa. Catch. Whoa. Dive Dive.
2: Wow. What the hell was that? <laughs> wow. That was, Have you um, got like a old school just... fire like alarm in your house or something?
4: No no no, that's just stuff I've found on Spotify while I've been talking to you. <laughs> there's
1: a lot of submarine
4: know. sound effects seemingly just
1: well I apologise to one. our listeners ears I won't I will not invoke any sleepers <laughs> <laughs> alright
4: fine just trying to add production value low quality production value but still
2: yes uh, Sam Laporte like, like I was saying earlier it's, it's, it's hard not to like a guy in basically a stealer's uniform yeah <laughs> but um, he's he's sort of um, a, not a budget Donkin Kincaid, but he's sort of he's not got the same blocking ability like you're saying Sai sort of not It's pretty much the same as what we we're saying about a few of these guys functional strength etc comes into it um pretty poor blocker but as a receiver he's got a fantastic uh route tree he's got a route tree of, of some receipt of some wide receivers um fantastic hands soft hands as you were saying Sai there's some there's talk of blocks but I haven't actually seen that not blocks drops I haven't seen the drops.
1: Yeah, know. probably just the tape that's available to us, I guess. Yeah,
2: maybe that's what it is. Yeah, that's what it is. Um, but he's he's not um, uh, sort of a, a physical yards-after-the-catch guy who's breaking tackles with physicality. He's using his agility to do that. He, he's cutting and finding cutback lanes in a similar way to a, a, a running-back will. Um, but he, he's, manipul- he's manipulating defenders with his routes as well um making them you know it very, like perfect timing of of his of his cut in his and his break in his in his route waiting until they've gone the opposite way and then just sticking his foot in the ground and he's gone you know um and you, you don't see that in many mean uh, <laughs> you don't see that in some receivers like i say but um the the red zone utilization that you mentioned Cy, si, was a a bit of a red flag for me. I'm wondering why that's not happened. Maybe that's just a I I I was questioning whether it's the when I first saw the stat before i really watched any of his tape, I thought, Oh, they must some fantastic receivers who are catching these catching touchdowns, but no, apparently they're they're not on the uh not on the on the scale. But um yeah, what? they're utilized as a red zone target. Mm. Bit of a question mark around that. I don't understand yeah. quite why. Because he's a big enough target. I mean he's not quite as big as some guys, six foot four, but he's still got the length, he's still he still high points the ball well and he's, he, he can he can do it. He just he's not utilized, you know, to score touchdowns. <laughs> he's utilise he, he's good at getting first downs and moving the sticks and moving down the field, but he, he's not utilised in the same same way as a lot of Titans are in the red zone. I don't really understand why. Mm. Um, definitely an athletic guy. Definitely yards you after know, the catch kind of guy, but not the physical tight end that we're seeing in some of these guys. He not saying avoiding contact, but using agility and breaks and cuts to move down the field rather than bowling through guys. You know.
3: The only thing I'll say, Dave, if you, if you, if you haven't, the game against Kentucky, he had he had about a twenty five yard reception and did bulldoze through players. But okay. I will agree with you. And, and I had a comment there as well about, um, you know, red zone production and everything like that. I'm just surprised not to see more of it. I mean, I, uh, I can't. I'm not even going to comment on it because they'll, they'll have been in the national championship and I'll have balls it up. Um, mm. I will say, though, uh, let me get the list here very quickly. Okay. Dallas Clark, CJ Fedorowicz, George Kittle, TJ Hawkinson, no fan. Iowa tight ends, lads. My mm. God, that's that's disgusting. T- mm. Tight end, you in the middle of Iowa. Um, mm-hmm. Dave, I was tempted to sleeper pick him as well. Actually, I won't lie. Um, he's Ooh. he's he's definitely one of one of my one of my favorite tight ends. Um. No, I won't because I'm scared the noise cats is gonna. <laughs> no, 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 nothing further from me. I'm joking. I'm to... not no, no, only joking, I've got, I've, got, I've got one I'm gonna go with, but um, yeah, no, I could wax lyrical about Laporte. I, I think he's got a chance to really come under the radar.
4: You know the phrase, the eyes chica, they never lie. Well, Sam Laporte's eyes sometimes do lie, definitely. There was a beautiful kind of, I think it was against Purdue, he sort of looked outside and the sort of the defender sort of looked around and followed his eyes and he just sprinted past him, went vertical for a massive reception. So don't trust Sam Laporte's eyes. That's the, uh, the thing to remember. But uh, wow. no, I echo everything you guys have said. Um, yeah, there you go. There you go. Uh, wide receiver and defensive back in high school. Yeah does get a lot of double coverage on third downs. So maybe that's a, a question mark on production or on the red zone, that he was such a, a kind of weapon for Iowa that he got double coverage because of that. Maybe that's... A,
1: yeah, he was their target, so maybe... Yeah. red
4: zone consideration. Yeah. But then again, my guy last year, Charlie Kohler, was like the ultimate red zone weapon and he barely got near an NFL field. So
1: He was really drafted into a tough spot, though. God bless Charlie Kohler. That yeah. <laughs> was rough for him. Um, it does feel to me like Sam Laporta might be that guy, right? Who flies under the radar a little bit, gets picked up in the late third, fourth round, and then everyone's like, "Whoa, where did this guy come from?" Yeah, could be. If I had to like put my money on one of the guys being that guy this year, might be him. All right. You want right, a basketball else? player, yeah. right?
2: Pretty sure I saw who who's a basketball, basketball player. Basketball cool. playing
3: end from Iowa is clicking, ticking every single <laughs> cliché.
1: <is laughs> Alarms are going off in your head. end box. <laughs> yeah. hmm. All right. So are we all in on Sam Laporte? It sounds like it, right? Yeah, I am. Definitely. Yeah. All right. Consensus in on this show. We'll see what the other guys think. Um, Who's next? I've lost track now. Can't remember who that was. That was me. No. Oh.
4: Oh no, no, that was you. It, no, it was you. Is it me. No, it was that was me. Was it that was go you. On. That was you. So it's gets yes, <laughs> I've got this is my last guy. So, um, I'll go with him. Uh, Luke, I think it's Schoenmacher out of Michigan. Is he Yeah. He's either 6'5 or 6'6 depending on which uh, <laughs> which source you consult, and he's about 250. Um, he's a good kind of route-running tight end with some really nice kind of subtle shifts in momentum. Got um, an interesting background. He played the following positions during his high school football career. Quarterback, wide receiver, tight end, cornerback. He was a diverse. pitcher and first baseman on his school's baseball team and he was a three-star football prospect coming out of high school Uh, I've not got too many notes on him because the tape on him wasn't fantastic to be honest but from what I saw he was quite a willing blocker in the run game Um, in terms of his pass reception I quite like the I've mentioned this guy before but I quite like the the quarterback as well he's got that kind of NFL inventiveness as, as part of his ability to create something out of a messy situation so worth watching some some Michigan tape and I think I'll, I'll probably go back and do that when I have some time over the summer but um, in terms of uh, Schoenmacher he's um, receiving production I'd say was underwhelming um, but he was never particularly viewed as a massive priority in Michigan's passing game Um, did make his fair share of difficult catches Um, yards after catch not a massive strength Um, nor are contested catches consistently and he will be a 25 year old rookie Um, in terms of his production he had 9 catches against Indiana his highest yardage was 49 against Iowa had 2 touchdowns against Indiana and his longest um, reception is about 40 yards so he's very much a kind of a chain mover rather than a guy that's going to take a lid off the defense. But having said all that, I think some of his play on tape was quite nice. It's just a shame. There's not, you know, more of it. Uh, I was kind of toying with the idea of having um, him as my sleeper, but um, ultimately I don't think I'm going to have one in this class um, because I don't think I've watched enough of it to, to be able to form an opinion on a, on a sleeper. and I think if he did push me, I'd I'd probably come back to Sam Laporta or or this guy. So one of the two. But I'm going to hold short of uh, having him as a sleeper. But
1: an interesting study nonetheless. Uh, not 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 a guy I got to. I meant to because uh, but I fell asleep instead. Um, <laughs> this was this was the guy that Mark Hansen said was was a stealer. So he's given me for each position a red star, a sleeper, and a stealer. And this this was the guy he liked for the Steelers. I'd love to see that, that on a
2: on a scout
4: report. I fell asleep instead.
1: <laughs> I didn't get to this guy. Sorry, I fell asleep.
4: I imagine that—that'd be hilarious. Um, yeah, I could see I see him doing well. I'd, I'll be honest; I don't remember whether he had gloves on or not. I'll have to go back and watch the tape to <laughs> to double check that particular option. But um, yeah, he's certainly experienced enough. He's like a, he's a five year player at Michigan, which is obviously quite a competitive. Um, competitive team I think the things that I saw not so much scouting this guy individually but from from kind of anecdotally watching other Michigan tape I always think he was he was there or thereabouts and he, he didn't particularly do anything that that sort of put me off or frightened me so he was very much on my I must watch this guy when we get around to tight ends but then when you watch him specifically as a tight end, the tape is a little bit limited. So mm. perhaps it's it's some kind of wider Michigan tape that I've watched that I think I watched a bit when I was scouting um, the QBs because I think there was a couple of games with the QBs against Michigan. So that's probably where I've watched him and, and made a note of him. But yeah, I think he's got something to offer. All
1: right, fair enough. Anyone else watching? I haven't
4: watched him, but I've,
2: I've heard a few people... Rave about him, so he, he. If I'd have had a bit more time, maybe I'd have, I'd have gotten around to him and had a bit more, uh, anything to say about him, but um, but no, I
1: haven't watched him. You going, are you going in, Katz?
4: Yeah, I think I will. There's, there's a few things that put me off, but there's a few things I like as well. So the fact I think that uh, he was a guy I wanted to get around to watching probably means I've seen something good in, in kind of pre draft stuff. So yeah, I'll go in. All right, so it's an in for
1: Luke Shoemaker. Uh, back to you, Mike. Back to me. Ba- ba- oh, is it Dave? I don't know. Dave, I think. Is it me? A- okay, Dave, sorry. All right, I'll, I'll go <laughs> with
2: my last one. Um, a Craft. He, maybe he's related to the Craft family. I don't know. Six, five, two, five, five, out of South Dakota, Jack Rabbits.
1: Great South Dakota guy. Jack Rabbits.
2: I love that name. Um... <laughs> sort of mm, under underproductive uh, in previous years but um, productive in the in the last year Um, sorry productive in previous years but not in this year I should say I've got my I wrote the dates the wrong way around Um, 65 receptions 770 yards and 6 touchdowns in 2021 but in 2022 went to 19 for 232 for 2 touchdowns Um, I think you had an ankle injury yeah that was it. He uh, had missed some games as a well result of an injury. I don't think it's the same sort of level of injury concern as we had for um, for Luke, uh, whose name's what
4: was, his, what was his surname? Luke Musgrave.
2: Musgrave. Um, same sort of injury concerns because I've not really seen anything in all sort of crying about it and, and saying it's a big concern. Um, so sort of a, a plus level athlete above average um a little bit lumbering at times in his in his routes um i know the the drops i've seen a lot of concerns around his drops um the concentration drops i don't know but there's uh, I, I think someone said it was around 10% of his uh of his targets were drops mm. um, which is a, a concern um he gets a lot of red zone targets um Particularly in, you know, in previous seasons, he had what uh, six touchdowns. I think was the the most he had. Um, another guy with blocking concerns, um, high pad level. I don't think that the functional strength comes into it. It's a it's a it's a technique thing for him. I don't think he he needs a lot of polish for the the technique on blocking. Always playing with a high pad level. Um, and guys are just going to leave him out of the way. Um, he's not a twitchy or sort of sudden. Uh as a receiver. Um yeah, I, I, I can't say I'm raving about him, but I can see someone um liking his him uh, as a as a red zone target because he's he, he's he's good in those sort of contested catch situations um in the red zone, but I don't think he's gonna be anyone's tight end one. Maybe tight end three for someone. Ooh. Um I don't know. I I, I can't I can't really get in on the guy, but at the same time, I can see him being fairly low down. I think... Um, Day four?
1: I don't know. Yeah, well, he's 105 overall on the on the big board. Right. Um, Tucker Craft is... I, I think he is an intriguing prospect. He's he's kind of more athlete than polished prospect right now, but he's, he's, he's one of these guys that's, like, dominating against lower-level competition, right? Uh-huh. He, he looks like the biggest guy on the field... They throw the ball up to him. He like kind of just absolutely mosses dudes uh, that look way too small for him, at least in the tape that I watched.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I, I mean, I, I'm kind of interested in him. He's got great size and strength combination, which I'm interested, prototypical size, right? Six foot five, two, five, five pounds. Um, and he's got like a really well-built frame. He's big, broad-chested. He's got a wide upper body. He's got thick thighs. Um, they used him across the formation, so he's lining up all over the place. He's lining up in line. He's lining up in the slot. Um and I mean, again, lower level of competition, so these things are hard to necessarily uh, assess. But looks kind of beastly after the catch to me. Mm-hmm. Some strong stuff, stiff arms. He's holding off defenders like little kids as he barrels down the field. He's doing that thing, you know, where like you like put your your hand on your little sister's forehead while she like waves <laughs> her arms around at you. And he's got a little bit of wiggle to make a guy miss in the open field. I think. Flashes some good ball skills. I have heard the drop concerns as well, but mm-hmm. I saw him sort of adjusting his body to later off-target throws from probably a questionable QB. Um, so, I, and 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 the thing is with the run blocking, certainly not polished as you said, Dave. But he's got the frame for it. So, of these uh-huh. guys that aren't blockers, I mean, this is a guy you could maybe train up to be one. He's you know, there's no reason whatsoever in his frame or his power that he couldn't do it. He does look pretty upright and stiff at times. Right now, he'll need NFL coaching to improve, but there's no reason he can't do it. So, I mean, it leaves you with the, the question of level of competition, right? There's a lot of projection to be done here. I, I like the upside in drafting a guy with this skill set. I mean, I think, he's, I think the key point is he's got the skill set, size, athleticism, whatever, to develop into a well-rounded, jack-of-all-trades, starting tight end, I think. Mm-hmm. Big, strong, athletic, right? To be a dominant possession receiver, but it's all projection. That's why he's going to go a little bit lower than a lot of these guys. Um Interested to see what you think, Mike, if you've watched him.
3: Yeah, do you know what? I was I was debating whether to call him the sleeper pick.
1: So yeah. was I. Um, do, you want to, do you want to do you want to partner up on a sleeper pick, Mike? Do you want to? Should we go into this this journey together with Tucker Craft? No, because of no. <laughs> <laughs> no. Damn, I've been left at the altar. I've been left at the altar.
3: Um, no, I've got, so- I've got something else in mind. Um, okay, <laughs> not something you want to hear when you've uh, been dumped at the altar.
1: <laughs> um, I'm going to run where Mike was too afraid to give you a sleeper, again.
4: Dive, dive,
1: dive. I'm a strong, independent woman. I don't need no man.
4: <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh, cut that, please, Gaff. <laughs> Do, do, do you know what though? What I will, what I will say about Tucker Craft he's, he's one of my favorite blocking tight ends I've seen in a while. And Ooh. What I like about it though is, I I feel he's got room to improve as well. Yes. Uh, which which makes for and and that's why I was leaning maybe as a sleeper pick because he's not the sort of player that we need. his skill set isn't the player we need early doors. But as a, as a as a day three pick, I'd be you know I'd be very very tempted. Um. Ooh. Yeah, he, he's in the receiving game. He's he's a safety blanket. He's he's no more than that. His his route running is the most complex in the world. Um, and you make a fair point, sorry about about competition. South Dakota State, yeah, um, you're not really going to see the opposition there. But middle of day three, yeah, absolutely. I wouldn't have I wouldn't have an issue. I'd, I'd say I'm massively in on him. Where'd you say we'll say hundred and
1: hundred and five on the overall,
3: which would be what round four. There, about. Yeah.
1: yeah. I, start to see, I start to get in trouble when we get to like the fourth round in terms of numbers. Oh. <laughs> Compensation picks deals. us. Um,
0: yeah.
1: Yeah. Round four, round five, maybe.
3: I'd probably lean a little later in round four, but um, he's, he's got a skill set. I'll tell you that. He's, he's, he is a decent player. It's just a shame about the injury last
1: year.
0: Hmm. Yeah.
1: I, I just, a bit of a lottery pick for me, this one. Mm hmm. I think.
3: Yeah, a fly. You, know, you,
1: you take, you take, yeah, a bit of a fly. You're taking a guy with the size, with the with enough athleticism to sort of rumble down the field, a bit of after the catch ability, and uh, hoping you can kind of mold him a little bit. But yeah, we'll, we shall yeah, see. Do you well, uh, do you, do you watch him Kits? No, but I'm just watching
4: a little bit now. I can now finally say I've seen an Oladokun pass.
1: Yay! <laughs> there, there's the question questionable QB play. There you go. <laughs>
4: yeah, I can see what you like I mean, him. He, he, it is men against boys stuff, isn't it? It's like, okay, yeah. now go and play football with a real man, kind of thing. Like apologies oh. to North Dakota wow. players and Montana it, State stuff. and any of the other elite McNets. teams that play at that level. Not, you may <laughs> as well play they. the Minnetonka softball team. In fairness, I hate
1: yeah, the, the, the Jackrabbits so- who played in the Jack
2: national championship game. Wow, you know, yeah, I'll
1: be going like rabbits <laughs> with the Minnetonka softball team. Right, so let's get off the McNess softball team. Um, oh yeah! <laughs> <Arr. laughs> uh, well, I'm going to go in. He's my sleeper. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to stand on the craft bandwagon. Yeah, no, I'll say in as well. All right, cool. And Dave, sounds like you might be out.
2: I'm going to say out. I, I feel okay. like maybe he's going to. I don't know. I don't think the injury concerns are why I'm out. It, it, there's other things that are concerning for yeah. me. I think he might just
1: disappear into irrelevance. Yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> um, Alright, who was that? That was Dave, so Mike, now it's you. Back to me. Um, I suppose the
3: question first, is has anyone else got any more to <laughs>
1: I've got one more, and I think maybe you two are out, did you say? Yeah, that's me, Dom. Yeah, I so don't. the only other guy I've watched is Cameron Latu out of Alabama.
3: Um, I'll tell you what, then. You run with Latu out of Bama. Yeah. I'll go... i got my sleeper pick.
1: Davis Allen out of Clemson. Oh, guess who? Guess oh well, give give him the sleeper kits. Dive, dive, dive. And then another sleeper for Mark Hansen who that is his sleeper pick. So I'm glad you've watched him. <laughs> dive, dive, dive.
4: <laughs> nice to finally meet Mark this week as well. Oh, by the way, he was, yeah, absolutely
1: uh, great bloke. Yeah,
4: man. he was there at the Super Bowl with us. So uh, great,
1: great crack. And I, and I think he's going to join us for the D line chat that we do whenever we end up doing that. So oh, nice, that'd be good, excellent. Yeah, good man, Mark.
3: Cheers for coming out. Uh, Davis Allen, Clemson. Um, he had some decent games in 2022. Uh, six receptions for 70 yards against uh, Fighting Irish. Four receptions for 36 yards and two touchdowns against Wake Forest. Sort of guy that was asked to line a ball over the field, including out wide, which I love seeing a guy of these size being put right beside the sideline. Um, there's there's always little things I find which, which really strike me when I'm watching. Any player in any position, just... How how clued on are they? Are they between the temples? And it's not to say that it's the same thing that they do, but it's just something clever. And you go, geez, that's that's a real forward thinking sort of play. With the with the quarterback DJ uh, um I think I got that right. Um, nice work. Any you see an RPO play. Which goes into a run play. Davis Allen switches straight into blocking mode instantly. Like there's no, you see too many too many guys they just watch or they, you know, they sluggishly turn around to see what's going on and they're nowhere near benefiting the play. Davis Allen goes straight into into blocking mode and is actively targeting someone. This 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 guy's blocking is massively his strength, but he has upside in the receiving game as well. I wouldn't say he's the best blocker in the draft he's not the best receiver in the draft but he's at that sort of level where the, both of them are at a, at a solid standard mm. you know I I am you know I'm still talking a day three player here don't get me wrong um and like I say issues with issues in the receiving game uh any, anything relating to to receiving contact in in the route struggles with that he can slow down the jets a little bit as a result, he's a, he's a red zone weapon. His, his, his two tight ends against Wake Forest are just him mossing defenders on back shoulder throws. Like, excellent, excellent high-pointing ability for him to take the ball in. Um, Rail running, yeah, it's not the most polished in the world by any stretch of the imagination. Blocking-wise, the appetite's there, the drive is there, the strength, not so much. And that's why I say... He ticks so many boxes, but not at the elite level. You know, if if he's the sort of guy that I imagine from a PFF perspective, sorry, Rich, um, that probably has like a very solid grade across all bases, but is never elite across everything. But I would absolutely take this guy in the middle of day three. I, I think he ticks, every, he ticks a lot of boxes, not every box, but a lot of boxes that we need, you know, starting him off a tight end three that's where that's where he's ultimately going to be. Starting him off a tight entry, special teams type guy. Um yeah, get this get this guy into in, into the organization, let him run. Absolutely, lads. I want to definitely keep an eye on and watch.
1: All right.
4: Davis Allen had a 2022 PFF grade of 70.9. Solid early day 3 projection. The kind of tight end who turns 50-50 balls into 80-20 balls, it says here. So yeah, I think you've called PFF out on that by uh, by knowing what they would think. Well, it, it's as I say, it, it's just not that he's
3: he's elite, and, and Clemson have been hit and miss the last few years. Um, mm. But to 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 see an element of production and to see some element of positive plays in run and blocking, um, definitely definitely a guy I, I'm massively in on. Um, just not that not that elite elite type player. Um, jack of
4: all trades He's gone 16 of 19 in contested catch situations over the past two seasons and dropped only 3 of his 87 career catchable passes My guy
3: Early day that's 3, work. day 2
1: Top 10 Hey, I'll give you credit for picking a real sleeper too, you and Mark, because he uh, seems like, I don't know whether this is just a guy that's not quite reached the radar, but he is 430th. No, I was joking. <laughs> on the big one. Now, I will say this. There seems to be some inconsistency here because we've got two that have him in the top. At least, they've got one at 118. We've got one at 191. And then two other outlets that are really dragging him down. So when you get to these lower levels, it might just be a case of uh, places not catching up with consensus. But don't for know. now, at least, low down on that on that overall, bud.
3: don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> Give me more Davis,
1: Al. All right. All right, fair enough. Um, well, last guy for me then, Cameron Latu. Are you in? Then you are in. I'm guessing sleeper. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Cameron Latu out of Alabama, um, 162nd on the overall board. Um, I just I, I ended up watching this guy just because I was intrigued because he was listed as uh, a uh, like an edge slash tight end, um, which I thought was interesting, and that's because he enrolled as a defensive end. Uh, but switched to tight end and has just played the last two years for Alabama at tight end and has risen up the depth chart um, to be their starter, which I think is is a pretty nice a nice story there. To I mean, I, I suppose they're similar positions, both on the edge of the line, on the opposite side of the ball. But uh, three words for me on Cameron Latu. Decent blocker, kind of a safety valve guy, but I think he's he's lacking in kind of a, a unique athletic upside that's going to make him particularly highly coveted. Um, he, puts in, he does put in some good effort in the in the run blocking game. Does a, does a relatively nice job of this on most reps, I thought. Um, has some nice, powerful blocks on tape. I don't think he's like a, a high-level technique guy or anything. I think he would probably need a little bit of, of rounding in the NFL, but he's certainly got the body type for it. Um, shows sufficient power to run through arm tackles when he makes grabs. Certainly acts as a nice relief valve for his QB. I like that he finds sort of small holes in the zone that he sits in. Um, picks up some nice, easy catches for his QB. Um, but he is lacking any sort of highly impressive athletic traits. He's not that quick, doesn't have a ton of after-the-catch ability, sort of doesn't possess great burst off the line or breaks in separation. I don't think he's going to separate consistently. Um, quite an upright player, almost almost lanky-looking kind of dude. Um, doesn't play with the kind of, um, I don't know, absolute bowl-like strength that you'd want from your 6'5 tight end. Um, and only caught 56 balls in his career starting as a tight end. So I like I, say, I only really watched this guy just because I was interested in the story, switching from de- defensive end to tight end. I think he's going to be a lower down project kind of guy. I don't see him having a particularly high upside, but nice piece to, to contribute maybe as that kind of third tight end. Um, I think you've got to give him some credit for, you know, becoming a starter at a premier program like Alabama uh, after playing a wholly different position and different side of the ball. So, it's so credit to him for that, and I could see him getting drafted late day, late, late day three. Mm.
3: No, I totally agree. Uh, like what, likewise with the block? Is is blocking upside is much better than rece- receiving upside. However, yeah, however, he yeah. had eight touchdowns last year, as in twenty twenty one. Wow. He had twenty six catches. He's had in two years. He has fifty six catches and twelve touchdowns.
1: Sneaky red zone weapon. Yeah,
3: nothing <laughs> sneaky about him at all. Nearly, <laughs> nearly sixteen yards per catch in twenty twenty one as well. Um, mm. he, he, so clearly he's got
1: some chops well, see now that's what I liked about him he's there when he seemed to be there when he was needed right mm-hmm. he wasn't like making insane plays but like he was finding little holes he was like sitting down nicely almost felt like quite a smart player like he knew where to be mm-hmm. at the right time
3: no I like that I like that and I think if, if you are going to have some success in Alabama's offense you have to be quite clued on and quite mm. intelligent sorry Julian. Sorry, Julie that. yeah <laughs> What have you done for me lately? Um, I mean, he's like athleticism always, Yeah, he, he's he's clunky. Um, yeah. His route running concepts very limited. He'll do his best to find the open space and sit down. That's where he excels, but then that's 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 the job between the temples, isn't it? Um, mm-hmm. He's not that elite or athletic getting off the snap either. But you can't help but notice the guy had. As I say, fifty odd catches and twelve touchdowns. Um, yeah, you know those are those are stats that do make you want to stand up. And as I say, coming, coming out of Bama, he's going to be he's going to see a lot of teams. A lot of teams are going to ask questions about him. That will probably push his draft stock up a little bit. With that, I know you shouldn't. Uh, the cliche is shouldn't scout the helmet, but I think there's parts to it you've got to you've got to consider. Um, I'm actually, he's the I'm looking at my. Note: I've not yet put a grade on him either. I probably fell asleep as well. So actually, um, (laughs) I mean it'll be day three for sure. Um, There's too much lacking in his skill set to warrant anything significant. You know, he's he's going to be north to pick 150 for me by by any stretch. Um, What's the what's the consensus? Say
1: one six two. So yeah, not far off what you were
3: saying. Yeah, I think I think that's fair. One sixty to to the 200 range is probably going to be there, thereabouts for later.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't have a problem in that range. I'd say in it that I just like, I, I like what he offers at that point, you're going to be drafting your kind of your backup tight ends and whatnot. And, and what he can bring you between the, between the ears there. I got no problem with it.
3: Yeah. No, I agree with you. I think probably round f- late five, round six, somewhere like that. Yeah. I'd yeah, be totally fine yeah. with that. Yeah. So I'll say, I'll say in at that
1: value. All right. Nice. Go, you go, go, Cameron Latu switching from you, defensive. You to Titan. Yeah, what, what a top G. Um, well, that's all my guys, so it's down to you, Mike. If there's anyone else you uh, are particularly interested in talking about, um, oh,
3: do I, do, do I talk about someone I thought was rubbish, but he might, he might, <laughs> I, I don't want his mother to listen. Like, oh, look at these lads talking about college football. I'll have a listen, oh, good lord. <laughs> I mean, in fairness, is his mother going to be... How long will be running now, Lads? Is his mother going to be listening at this point? Probably, Probably not. Probably
1: not. No, we can't even get Cam Hayward's mother on and Ket's gushes about his son all the time.
3: Yeah, true. Sorry, Kat. Um <laughs> Go on. I know, I, go on, I'll mention him from under the bus because there's a funny, couple of funny stats here. We've mentioned South Dakota State. Allow me to introduce North Dakota State in Noah Gindorf or Noah Gindorf. I don't know. Um how many receptions did he have in 2022? I hear you ask. 6. How many did he have in 2019? I hear you ask. 10. And how many of those were touchdowns? 6. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Conversion weapon. Cameron Latu Eicherho. Um yeah, like lads, I, I'm only I'm only mentioning his name. I, I've got him down as UDFA. I'm only mentioning his name for a bit of crack. Um, offers very little support to quarterbacks. Um, on scramble plays, he's he's sluggish and slow to get his eyes back to the quarterback to find a safety blanket form. Um, he, he that sort of sits in his own little space, but like ineffectively, doesn't really want to show much in the way of commitment. Um, what I will say. Can I swear? No, I won't. Um blocking in space and downfield, he is a tough mother ducker. Um <laughs> he there are a couple of reps where he comes flying in to 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 lay the wood on defenders. It's it's class. I will I will say that. Um when he's sat in his you know H back or in line position, um when he's asked to block in the run game, he can get a little bit too heavy over his feet. And I've seen too many times where he was pulled forward and ripped off balance. That's, that's a serious technique issue. He's going to have to tidy up sharpish. Um, for me, it's, it's a UDFA special teamer, bowling ball type tackler who you you get him in very late on and, and stick him in the return game and see what comes out of it. But, but, but but a depth piece more than that. Um, I feel like that generally with a tight end class, I think there there is a drop off. You know, there are other guys in the class. There's there's Payne Durham out of Purdue, I mentioned I think he had the, the great high line wheel catch in the senior bowl. Um Josh Wiley out of Cincinnati, who's another guy who's a who's a mid to late day three pick. Um he's a tall, more of a slender framed sort of sort of tight end. Was that to line up everywhere? There's a few others, but I think we've 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 gone over the the big guns. You know, they're the sort of guys where you do think after six or seven weeks of the season, you sort of hey, okay, someone about a few a few decent games. Maybe in a year or two, we hear about your Tugger Crafts or Sam Laporte is really jumping off the tape now all of a sudden. But I, yeah. I, yeah, I think at that level, you know, I was looking back at the draft last year to some of the guys, and I I don't I don't feel I feel like the quality this year is is a is a crop above. 2022 for sure. Um yeah. all, ultimately I think uh, from sort of things I've read and things I've seen that the tight end is one of the higher talented classes in this draft. You know, not to say that we're gonna have multiple first rounders or anything like that, but from just from a depth perspective in that top six to ten, we're at a higher degree of talent
1: than we have been in previous years. Yeah, it does feel that way. Yeah. I thought it was a fun group. Off often a lot of different things. Few more well rounded guys than I feel like we've seen in recent years. So, um, Yeah, a few different options here for tight end, needy teams. Who knows? Maybe we'll pick one up in the later rounds. Well, it's I, that gentry, maybe out the door.
2: I hate to break it to you, Mike, but uh, you said you hope his mum doesn't listen. I hear she's a big fan of Kebab Corner. So, oh, uh, she might have. Uh...
1: Oh, she's just tuned in. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, she's just skipped to this point of the pod. She's devastated. I'm sorry, Mrs. Gindroff? Gindorf.
0: Gindorff? <laughs> Gindorf. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh my oh my well I tell you what hey tight end truly is a smaller class because we've wrapped that up in two hours well done gents
2: fantastic
1: good work um, which I guess does give us time for a little bit of kebab if you want Dave although it's up to you you might not have had anything prepared I do I do if, if we oh, have, do. Uh, look at if that, have time look at that alright well I'm going to have Ket sing the theme tune fantastic I've been waiting for this do 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 Plenty oh, onions. Oh. <laughs> oh, God, no, turn it down, turn it off. I can't abide him, I've muted him. Right, <laughs> Dave.
2: Use <laughs> your executive power to mute him. you. You bastard.
1: Look at that, just as it ended. Beautiful. Uh, we hand it to you, Dave.
2: So, um, I'm sure everyone's seen the news about Derek Carr, right? About him uh, upping sticks and being booted out of uh, the Raiders. <laughs> Household, um, oh, yes. I don't know if anyone saw the the news coming out of Fox Sports um, about Derek Carr and uh, them suggesting that he he would thrive uh, with the Steelers, um, which prompted a stupid, an art- absolutely stupid. Sorry, uh, continue. <laughs> which prompted a fantastically titled article by uh SteelersNation.com. com, uh, "Fox Sport Idiot." Claim Steelers can't go with Kenny Pickett. Derek Carr absolutely would thrive in Pittsburgh. Um, I think basically I've I haven't actually listened because it was a radio radio thing. I think that was it wasn't actually an article, but um, from basically what I understand that they don't rate Kenny Pickett's talent and that the car being upgrade in terms of accuracy. Uh, I, I can't get on board with that. Can any of you guys get on board with that?
1: God almighty, no, what are they smoking? Uh, here's a good idea. Give up on your um, first round tight end. Uh, sorry, first round QB, got tight ends on the roof. Give up on your first round QB after one year, despite him showing tremendous growth and uh, clutch ability towards the end of the year. Instead, replace him with a overpriced, recently cut veteran yeah. who has uh, shown his maxed out ceiling uh, for no reason whatsoever. <laughs> That's the analysis you can expect from Fox Sports, ladies and gentlemen.
0: How do these
1: people have jobs in football? Uh, it, it, and now, I don't know if you've ever watched um, primetime games on Fox, but if you do, the ads in between do show a discernible lack of quality in their programming compared to some of the other uh, organisations out there. It's, it goes from being like you know normal football uh, show advertisements to being like, my name's Skip Bayless and I'm right 100% of the time. Uh, and other assorted, you know, jerk-offs <laughs> just making stupid comments because, yeah. I don't know, the brain-dead audience just wants to be reaffirmed of their stupid opinions. I don't know. I, <laughs> that was me going in on Fox Sports. I, I enjoy
2: watching Skip Bayless <laughs> for the people that just lay into Skip Bayless, really, just for, just to watch everyone lay into him for every that, take That's he has. kind
1: of my issue with it, right? That, that's what the entire program is set up to do. And fair play, like, listen, if that's the way you want to interact with the sport, if that's what you enjoy, uh, and I get it because, you know, I enjoy the... the, the the arguments of the social media of it all and the hot takes and whatever, fine. But that for me is a step too far when you're only going in purely to listen to people just argue about things they don't even believe uh, just just for the sake of it. I, I don't understand the point in that, but if, hey, if that's you, fine.
4: If that's the case, Gav needs a TV programme because it'd be a lot more entertaining <laughs> and he'd be a lot better at arguing with people.
1: Yeah, Gav would fit right in on uh, Undisputed, I think. Yeah. When Skip Bayless gets cancelled, he can sit right across from Shannon Sharp and argue the toss about everything. <laughs> just,
2: just stick him in a frock and he can be what's-her-name who uh, introduces them.
1: Who, who's the guy who... There's, a, there's, there's another show on Fox Sports that they're always advertising, right? First Take, is it? And mm. whoever the guy is who hosts that has the most punchable face in NFL media. I don't know who he is, but I see his face and it's punchable. I don't know. Who is that? Gonna have to look it up. Yeah, he's he's like a recognizable face.
3: Not Stephen A. I
1: can't, no, it's not Stephen A. Unless I'm getting this, I could get, I could be getting the show wrong. The other lad, Max, what's his name? Max. Max. What's his name? Max. Max. Oh, maybe it isn't first take. I might be getting it wrong. I might be talking about the wrong show. Ignore me. But it's one of the shows on uh, that they're always advertising on Fox Sports, and it's like a I don't know. I'm not going to describe his futuristic. His features. <laughs> In an attempt to try and describe his face for us,
3: say punchable. (laughs) Would you like to? I've just found the article. Would you like to read the quote about Carr? Now, this is from a guy called Jason Smith. Don't know. Yeah. If quote, if the Steelers get Derek Carr, they're playing deep into the playoffs. They can't. They can't go into next season with Kenny Pickett. Carr is accurate. And the Steelers have two good running backs and playmakers. When things get a little tough in Pittsburgh, he'll still be okay because Mike Tomlin will have his back and everything will be all right. Pittsburgh is the place for Derek Carr.
1: <sighs> These people make making a living. It's guy's a cop shite.
2: <laughs> that was probably said after a massive toke on a big burning stick he had in his yeah. hand. Yeah,
3: was he sitting yeah. beside us at the night of the Super Bowl with the big <laughs> beer tower thing, drinking it on his own? Was he the guy in the leather jacket that was passing it behind you?
2: guy that was asleep. Yeah,
3: yeah, that's that's horrific. And and you know, without even going into the conversation about um, whether Pickett is talented enough and all the rest of it, but from a cap perspective alone, there's no chance. I mean, how, how much are, is Derek Carr is going to be wanting? Thirty-five million plus a year. We haven't got that level of scratch. Yeah. We're too busy paying Derek. What four million a year? <laughs> That's true. Is 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 he worth ten Derek Watts? He wouldn't even be the best Derek on the team.
4: Ten Derek <laughs> Watts would be a better offense <laughs> than one
3: Derek Carr. That's, I, I, uh, I, I agree with you. That's someone just talking rubbish for the sake of it. I've I've unfortunately clicked on the website, which means. I don't know, they'll have made a penny out of me. It's just absolute garbage.
2: And it's like, this is the time, like, the off-season is the time for shitty articles that are just clickbait. But this feels early. This is like a really early one. Yeah. Mm.
1: Um, It is, first things first is the thing I'm talking about. I think the guy I'm talking about might be Nick Wright. Okay, Go. First things first with Chris Carter and Nick Wright. Yeah, I think it's that dude. Punchable Whoa, face. Oh, thousand percent. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. And then it's the ad that's like... Um, what is it? It's like uh, the, the Herd, right? The Herd with Colin Coward. Mm. And he's like... Uh, you guys will argue with me even though you know I'm right. I'm just like, what are these what are these like? Just stop, please. You don't why are you trying so hard to convince me that you know what you're talking about? I feel like if you knew what you were talking about, you would just you would just talk about it. Uh-huh. You wouldn't have to continue telling me about, about how much you know. I don't know. Yeah. I have major issues with this programming. Cy <laughs> <laughs> hates Fox, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> but um. it, it, it's that
3: whole like is it even cliched calling a hot take type? media presentations it's, it's it's just garbage it's it's, yeah. it's there for people like us to sit and complain about them complaining about useless shit
1: yeah you're right yeah we've fallen right into the trap. we really have haven't we
3: we should we should turn around i think they're lovely lads
1: <laughs> i want to take nick right out for a beer i don't want to punch his face at all i want to kiss it
3: no i saw derek carver other estate agents in downtown pittsburgh yesterday
1: <laughs> That's one of my favourite Pittsburgh central memes that no one else understands, is posting that picture of that guy at the airport. Boston <laughs> airport. <laughs> and it doesn't even matter who it is. They're just like... I'm just...
2: <laughs> if as long as it's a black black player, it doesn't matter. It could be
1: anyone. Well, who was it when that started? Was it Larry Fitzgerald? I can't remember who it was. I can't remember. Um, but someone posted... <laughs> It doesn't, but that's the thing, Dave. It doesn't even matter who it is. It could just be like any. It could be a white dude. It's just yeah, like just totally Derek Carr local dude. airport. And it's just that guy. <laughs> Great uh, meme. In fact, Great can meme. you
4: tweet that out? Because I reckon that gets not
1: pop. <laughs> I will do if I know if I can find the image. I'll find <laughs> I it. Yeah. Just stumble upon it. Speaking, uh,
2: speaking of uh, of garbage, um, you know, the, there's been a lot of uh, seems to be a lot of Twitter debate. Like, people put in polls of what is the best Super Bowl logo. And I am definitely of the opinion, I'm I'm sure I'm not alone in this opinion, but the LI logos need to go. These are logos that have been designed by a committee that are making a brand. And I get the NFL as a brand, but you need to move away from this l i i whatever whatever the next was it l i four the next one or whatever it, is? it it needs to it it needs to be changed it needs because like the, you see these old logos and they're like not they say something to do with the city but there's they're unique each one is different and you can yeah you know you you look at one and you remember the you remember even if you remember the the exact game you remember the logo and it sticks in your head. You know, yeah,
1: um, I, I I agree. This is this is gaining some momentum, I think, as well.
2: Yeah, I I, I think yeah. it is. I'm I'm am 100 sure that it's not just me this opinion. I think it's a quite a widespread opinion that it needs to change. Um, so how I don't I don't know how we're supposed to spice this logo up. Do we need to make it more um about you know, Dude, the thing is it's not the, even the city or something. I don't know.
1: It's not even hard. That's the thing. Like, I, I mean, there's so many like hyper talented, interesting artists. All you've got to do is wherever the the, the things being held, go find, like, an interesting, like, artist to create a logo for you. And, and and all you need to do is find, like, someone with, like, a weird style. Like, even, like, imagine if, like, say they held it in um, New Orleans again, right? That's a popular spot, right? You go down to Louisiana, you find, like, a weird, like, gothic, like, artist, right? And, like, create a, I know they would never do it because they're not fun. But imagine that, right? You go to, like, different cities and get different vibes of logo depending on, like, the place that you're in and, like, oh, that would be so cool. like I quite like the sound so, of, like, goth emo bowl. Like no, but like you know what I mean, like Southern Gothic style, like Louisiana bog, like swampy, like that'd be mint Super Bowl like logo. <laughs> I'd be all over that.
4: Honestly, but like, just a massive Texas logo that's just bigger than the other logos combined.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Everywhere it's printed, it has to be huge. The hats are all like those mega hats that um, Thingy's uh, mate makes from uh, Washington. What's his name? The running back, Brian Robinson. Brian Robinson, his mate makes those giant hats.
3: Oh, that would have been a great one to have on
1: Sunday.
3: Yeah. Um, are we, at what point are we scrapping the Roman numerals?
2: Mm. That, that's a part of it now, right? You can't... You've started it, so you got to finish it. But, like... It's going
3: to get out of hand, though. Finish it. Yeah. Finish We're <laughs> at Super, a super yeah, you know. Bowl XXX. That's a very different type of Super Bowl. Um, but,
2: <laughs> but like, like... You like... Um, XL3. You know, the... Steelers Cardinals yep. Super Bowl in whatever 2009, like you, you don't, well, you know, you think of the the bit of the field uh, markings on the bottom of the of the logo, and that that sticks in your head. You you remember that logo. It's a memorable logo, right? Because it's a Steelers Super Bowl victory. You know, mm-hmm. you know that aside, it's a memorable logo. Whereas these, I mean, the Li ones, it's the same frigging logo with a different numeral on it. No one's changed it. It it, it needs to go. It, it's I'd say it's been demig- It's been designed by a committee, and that committee needs to be sacked now. They need
1: well, buy- especially because they've just got so boring with it. I mean, this this I would say that the um, the logo in its current style probably started at Super Bowl Fifty, but you could argue it started at Super Bowl. What is that? XLV, whichever one that one is. Mm-hmm. Um, because. Starting at XLV, so that's one, two, three, four, five. Logos are basically the exact same, mm-hmm. right? It's it's just the Super Bowl in front of the uh, in front of the stadium in a silt, and it's all silver. And then at Super Bowl Fifty, they, they like it's kind of similar, but they add a bit of color into it. And then it's basically been the same again for eight years. Yeah. So we've really had like over a decade of more or less the same logo. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, it's, it's uh, it minimalistic design. Minimalistic design making its way into everything seeping its way into everything, and it's not good. It's not fun.
4: Do you know the thing this year that we're going to be sick of by the time it gets here? The fact that it's LV3, but it's in Las Vegas, so the LV will be just consistently played on. Or if it isn't, the marketing team aren't doing the job properly. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
2: I mean, how are we supposed to get this changed? Has everyone got to rise up as one and carry a tiki torch down to the NFL uh, <laughs> fixed? Mm-hmm. I don't know what we've
3: what we got to do yeah led by uh, future Pittsburgh Steelers legend Derek Carr um... <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> I honestly yeah. I can't even say it without giggling <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Dave, I, I like the idea uh, of getting uh, a bit of change local hours something like that just to, just to change it up a little bit
0: mm.
3: yeah yeah it's getting a little too corporate
2: like, can you imagine if it was done in this country? Like, I don't, I don't know how you'd like signify in this country. I suppose Manchester would be. I don't. Know, well, Manchester would be like a. I don't know. I mean, I've said you guys in my in my short time in my. I've not been in Manchester for quite a while before I came and met you guys in Manchester. And in, in my walk from the train station to the the bar we were in, I saw two big puddles of sick, and a guy offered me weed. Can we get that into a logo somehow? I don't. Know.
3: <laughs> in, in fairness. About 10 minutes after I left Manchester Piccadilly, I did see someone in a Mendon Hall jersey. So who's actually seeing more disgusting things, Dave, you or me? Mm. Yeah. Who is wearing
2: that? Wasn't Hall, was it? Wasn't him, him himself?
3: He
1: <laughs> showed <Shut> up. <laughs> he's probably probably yeah. bitching about Big Ben somewhere yeah. in a corner.
3: Showed up at Manchester. Couldn't show up in the Super Bowl, could you?
1: No! Oh. Mm. Sorry, he's not listening. His mum might be. <laughs> I'm sorry, Mrs. not <laughs> Well, I'm with you, Dave. Let's let's uh, maybe we should submit some to Roger. Yeah,
2: I mean, there's, there's gotta be there's gotta be a few you know cats. Yeah,
1: mock up some yeah. logos for his cats. We'll get Laura on it on the Facebook group. Yeah. She, she's good on the visuals. she will do
3: yeah. a better job. <laughs> I, don't I, know, so I, do, I don't doubt it. You, right? you, you reach out to Roger.
1: Now, I, I showed uh, I showed mark Hanson this and, and you guys know I've seen it my uh, my ability at creating some graphics maybe I should have a pop at it what do you think it's
4: uh, no <laughs>
1: <laughs> where are these graphics at? we all have a skill set we all have a skill set now I'm referencing of course the uh, the early prototype idea for the uh, the podcast logo which I originally made uh... Uh, when this podcast was but a fetus in my mind. And uh, it's best left hidden in the, in the, the, the annals well, of history. Was like a clip, in clip
2: art writing and a picture of Troy, as my that. Yes, bit. correct.
1: Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> it.
4: <laughs> yeah, I remember that. That, that uh, yeah. should be available as, like, the lowest Patreon tier for someone <laughs> who pays, like, four pence.
1: <laughs> just get a PDF emailed.
4: Yeah. <laughs> that just. You're intrigued enough that you wanted to see the really bad logo. Here you go. Oh. <sighs>
1: Um, if, uh, if there's
2: anyone that can get into into Roger's uh, ear, yeah, I think it's probably Mike. He's in Jeff Reinbold's DMs right now, apparently.
1: Yeah, yeah, very true. <laughs> Jeff was, of course, trying trying to text uh, Jeff Reinbold in the middle of the Super Bowl.
3: Did he reply
2: to he you? I thought Mike? It was an interesting
1: take.
3: Uh, no, but the irony of me texting him saying "Good luck on the TV coverage this evening" while he wasn't on the he TV wasn't on it. coverage <laughs> wasn't last. Wasn't, wasn't last. Needless to say, he won't be texting me back soon. <laughs> Sorry, Jeff.
1: Yeah. I do think we need to dive into the fact that you had sent multiple texts to Jeff Reinbold and had never received a reply. Did I not? Well, you'd That'd see cool. you received the original one that that was the like yeah this is my number or something, and then there was like three more messages, and no response. In fairness, now now looking at it, his message to me did seem quite threatening,
3: uh, which was in enlarged letters When can you reach me? Uh, (laughs) Take from that what you will. He tweets everything in in caps lock. Very true, very true. But still,
0: threatening
1: nonetheless. Um, Well. I'll have to reach out to Jeff to uh, patch up this relationship. He's definitely not replying to you now, Mike,
2: after you've just like properly laid into him. <laughs> he's not appearing on TV.
1: Oh, God Screw bless. Screw this Jeff. guy. God bless Coach Reinbold. I, I love Jeff Reinbold. Yeah, what a, I do. What, what, a, what a personality. Yeah. Have, uh, we, have
4: we got any other interesting kind of DMs that anyone in the cast has shared with any kind of NFL?
3: That's, UK, that's, so that's you, That's all you. You, care Kets, is that okay. one of those like stories that you? Oh, no one. Well, I do. Uh, <laughs> have you got any any little, little nuggets you want to share, Kets? Has, has anyone else from the Hayward family been in touch? Uh,
4: no, no one from the Hayward family. But um, I did have a a DM with uh, Chris Wessling in the early days, which was which was really nice. But I think he did that with everybody. So
1: yeah, he did. To be fair, I, I've spoke to him a couple of times. Yeah, yeah. Hey, what, that's the only one I know
4: that stuck to my head.
1: Got to miss Westman. I'm fucking what an absolute legend.
4: Yeah,
2: the only NFL-related person, i not even half NFL. Related, he's not, he's not he didn't actually uh, make it in the draft. But um, <laughs> there was, you remember a few years ago in our draft coverage, we I, I talked about a guy from uh, Edward Water College. Yes, Matthew Wilkerson who i really like and he sent me videos of his tape yeah. and he was like, he, he must've assumed that I had some sort of to the hustle. in something. And he was like, he was saying that like, I'll just like send this round to people and, and, and get, you know, get me talked about. And, you know, it, it, but like he, was, he seemed like a really nice guy, but he knew, he didn't realize that I have no, I have no <laughs> ability. And I, I basically talked to you guys in my basement, you know, saying, no connections. what's he doing yeah. now?
1: What, where uh, is, he? is he? XFL? Is oh, is I,
4: he... I feel like um, we need to check this. I don't know. Um, what was his name?
1: Be, if XFL is the name of a local car dealership, <laughs>
2: <laughs> Matthew Wilkerson. Well, his last tweet was in uh, in twenty twenty, so he's he's not done much The kicker dropped off the face of the earth. No, he was he was a tight end slash defensive end slash a lot of things. He was he was he was a bit like um, that guy we talked about before. He's like a a, a big <laughs> Huge guy in a small team in the middle of nowhere.
1: Well, God bless to him. Hope he's doing well out there. Yeah. You know, maybe coaching some high school football or something.
2: Maybe. Who knows?
1: Yeah. Well. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Oh, last thing I want to mention before we go. I'm sure we'll do our linebacker show coming up soon, in the coming weeks. And uh, I'm feeling some pressure to be on form after... uh, you know, my my guys, it feels like, have been linebackers in, in well, since we really started doing this. And I I gotta say, man, did any position group have more impact on these playoffs than specifically my red star <laughs> linebackers? <laughs> First of all, Joseph Asai guarantees Kansas City getting into the, the Super Bowl by pushing <laughs> Patrick Mahomes out of bounds. I'll go back and listen to the Joseph Asai episode, effusive in his praise. Then Obviously, in the Super Bowl, you've got Nick Bolton out there scoring touchdowns. You've got Leo Chanel making plays. I mean, Kansas City knows how to draft a linebacker. Mm. I'm not going to argue Big with that. Big play them. Willie Gay. Big play Willie Gay. Mm. Although, admittedly, not one of my guys. Not in the stable. But, uh, hey, I, I just wanted to, I don't know. I don't know. Probably just trying to blow my own trumpet a little bit. But let's... Uh, Keep that. Let's, mm. let's put some respect on the linebacker takes, you know? Let, let's maybe give uh, give old Mike Tomlin a call and say, Hey, can we get in touch with Omar Khan? Can we, can we make something happen here? You know, we need lines. He answers his DMs. Mm, let's find out, Kets. Oh, Kevin Colbert's accountant,
4: as you refer to Mike. <laughs> 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 I think he'll answer yours, my friend.
1: We we burnt too many bridges on this show <laughs> to to get to get in with anyone. <laughs> in a
4: city full of bridges, we've still not got any. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Great line, Ket. <laughs> well done. And on that, I think we'll wrap it up. Yeah. Um, it's been a pleasure, gentlemen. Thank you all for joining me at the uh, the beer car and tonight. Mm-hmm. Hope uh, hope guys having a good time. I don't know, falling down some mountain somewhere.
0: <laughs>
1: Hopefully with, <laughs> with some skill or finesse. <laughs> and uh, uh for those wondering Rich Rich is, Rich is having some uh stuff going on on Thursday mornings, right? So I think, which is obviously really when we record. So we'll try and get him back when we can and maybe we'll try and move things around for him, but he's been been busy on Thursday mornings with some uh, I think he's doing some of his uh some of his training, right? On Thursday mornings. So. Okay. Um, shout out to him as well. Um, we'll see you all next week. We'll we'll discuss what we want to do next week. I'll uh, I'll let people know in the, in the Twitter DMs and uh, follow the show at UK Steelers Pod. Follow me at Cyril. This for Gav. No, don't. He's not here. Follow uh, Dave at This is Dave. <laughs> follow Dave at This is Dave Hart. Follow Kets at kits UK and follow Mike at Mike underscore JF One. All on Twitter, and we'll see you next week. Cheers, guys.
3: See you guys. Cheers.
1: Bye. Go Steelers. <laughs>